Welcome back to Engineers. It's Sunday afternoon, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to play Dungeons and Dragons. You're watching Dice and Dungeons, and I'm here at the table with... I am David Wong. I play Nine Z Tabaxi Bard. I'm Nicole Bates. I play Soria, the uh, Changeling Druid. And I'm Greg. I'm playing Oseth Ralph, the Frabog Fighter. And of course, I'm Alexis Bates, your trusty dungeon mistress. Uh, this week, we only have one sponsor to talk about, which is our continuing sponsor, Geekified. Geekified is a tabletop gaming store out of Vinton, Iowa, that meets all of your tabletop role-playing game needs. They take online orders and ship directly to your home, so perhaps you're looking for some cool new miniatures, or maybe some new supplements to pick up. They still have a few uh, alternate art covers for Tyranny of Dragons and Saltmarsh, but unfortunately they did run out of the Ravenloft, which is unfortunate, but uh, for everyone who did get one, it's awesome. So, next time you need to pick something up, head on over there and use our link, geekified.us forward slash discount forward slash dice and dungeons that link will be posted in our chat in twitch and on the youtube descriptions for our vod's later using that link will get you five percent off your first order and buying things through the link helps support the show so it's a great way to entertain yourself brighten a friend's day maybe think ahead for christmas you know no one's gonna do that last one Thank you again to Geekified for your support, and thank you to anyone who purchases something through that show and supports us. We really appreciate it. I think that's the only announcement we have this week. Am I right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, although there is one exciting piece of Dungeons & Dragons news. They just announced a uh, new Magic the Gathering crossover. Strixhaven. Exactly. The new Strixhaven set. Uh, do you know when that's coming out? Um... Oh, no, it was just announced, so but soon. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen pre-orders for it up anywhere. As soon as there are pre-orders up for it on Geekified, I will be telling everyone about it, assuming that I actually see it. November sixteenth. November sixteenth? Yep. Excellent. Strict saving can be a Christmas present. That actually could it be a Christmas be. present. You can panic buy it on December fifteenth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, if it's anything like what you saw in Magic the Gathering set, it should be pretty cool. Uh, you know, magic school. Yeah, hard to go wrong. Yeah. Weather blooms the best. I think. Sure. I don't know that much about MTG. Green black. Ah. So, uh, with that, Dungeoneers, let's roll.
last time on Dyson Dungeons. When our heroes returned to Otto Hartfeld's business, they found that it had been broken into. They pieced together what few clues they could find, including some left by Otto himself, and followed them through the city, trying to piece together what Otto had found out and if that information had bought him some new enemies. They learned of an old family, nearly wiped out in a plague 30 years ago, and the young boy that survived only to run away. The group let the story take them to the very edge of the city and then out along the southern shores of Lake Stumgren, heading toward a long abandoned home they believed to be the hideout of their old rival, Koromanth. And on the southern edge of that great lake is where we rejoin our heroes. Oh, this is quite a great lake, don't you think? <laughs> it's all right. Mm. Let's see why they talk about it all the time. And why we talk about it all the time. Yes. That is why. Because it is so great. Here on the southern shore, as we proceed west toward what we believe might be the hideout of Koromans. We're acting on very loose information. I would say very little loose information. Yes, but... Is this where the security guy told us to go again? (laughs) You mean the Home Depot that we went to? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the people at the lock shop were most helpful (laughs) in telling us to go. Just go. We were just very panicked about, you know, Otto's condition, so we weren't thinking straight. Sure. Luckily, they were able to railroad us in the right direction. Yes, telling us to leave quickly. Go. (laughs) And so we did. Now heading west. <laughs> along Which the shore. We are currently doing. Yes, along the shore. As we speak. We're walking along the that, south shore. That, ladies and gentlemen, was to call a player recap. We're walking along the south shore of this great lake, heading west toward what we believe to be the encampment of Coramon. So yeah. you're down around the Indiana border, huh? Near Gary? <laughs> Yes, patron St. Gary mm-hmm. lives around here. Said yes. you're working on Based on the southern flavor border. of this lake, it's more eerie. I mean, it is. Uh, as far as Great Lakes go, it is a little bit more eerie-ish. There's more minerals in it. Mm-hmm. Well, that... <laughs> are, you, are you guys done? Yeah. <laughs> are we there yet? You, you know that this house is, uh, you know, a few miles outside the city. Mm-hmm. And your trek along the shore eventually brings you to, you know, uh, not even eventually, actually fairly quickly. This is maybe a quarter mile outside of the outermost city edge. The line of trees that borders, well, everything in this city, including the lake, is growing much thicker here. This is still wild territory. This is not kept and not really roamed about by people. So you're in a much more wooded setting fairly quickly. And the going gets a little bit tougher. This is way more comfortable. <laughs> a lot more like home. Yes, it is. We know we know not to try to be stealthy in the woods. I can actually be kind of stealthy now. 
Oh, you can. Yes, you can turn into a stealthy animal. Yeah, I can turn into like a fox or a cat. Mm-hmm. I miss my chair in the hotel room. <laughs> you continue. Is it easier walking along the shore of the lake or do we need to tramp through the woods? It is definitely easier walking along the shore. Okay. I mean, it's sandy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's so walk along course. the shore. Gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> Olsef loves it, though. <laughs> this course and it gets everywhere. This is so dumb. We're just going to stop there. No, we're not. <laughs> we continue walking west <laughs> along the shore of the lake. I want you all to make a make a perception check. Not great. Hmm. I got a nine. Oh, I got an eight. Huh? Did you really do eight, nine, ten? <laughs> yes, yes, I rolled a three. I well, a five. that's nice. Nicely done, mm-hmm. everyone. Way to be numerical. It is so. As you, My whole life is numerical. As you make your way down the beach a little ways, and you just barely made this one, <laughs> you notice off in the distance just a little, a little glint up about, you know, 12 feet or so from the ground from behind the tree line. Um, as the, the lake starts to kind of curve gently, you know, the lake is fairly circular, and as it starts to curve and you can look across, you're seeing a bit across the water through the trees. There's a little glint up in the tree line, about 12 feet. And you start to piece together that there's straight lines through there and it looks like there's a home. There's a glint and a home through the woods. It's about 12 feet out. Yes, we can all see that clearly. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just making sure. Anyone, rolls. Would you like to? Uh, are you sneaky? Can you? Do you want uh, me to scout it out? Scout it out, please. How far away was it, front like distance wise? You, and sorry, you're the only one who like noticed this. You just barely managed I to just see this. Barely noticed this. That's um, why I told you guys. About well, it's it. a good thing you told us because God. we did not yeah. see it. Um. We're too busy looking at the lake. It's a nice lake. It's a very nice lake. It is a great lake. It's a little eerie. (laughs) No one's going to get that joke unless they watched episode one. (laughs) And not not Star Wars. (laughs) So So now that we're done talking about a superior lake. (laughs) Jesus. could Could the show get dumber? I, yes is the answer. It's going to get dumber from here on out. I was waiting for that. Thank you. <laughs> Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> I quit. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. You yeah. hit the credit button. Nice. I have that power. <laughs> the joke lands better when you actually start rolling credits. And I have that power. <laughs> and if uh, because consider it unnatural. if there's anyone watching you know I'd be happy to talk about what technology I use if there was a sponsorship from a certain company that makes a lot of peripherals for streamers that starts with an E and ends with a gato if you wanted to sponsor us I'd be happy to talk about how much I like your stuff 
Hint, hint. Um, but you were telling us what we, what Zoria could see that we can't across the. I was trying to. <laughs> then we got dumb, <laughs> and I include myself in that. I really just asked how far away it was, <laughs> and that's that we're all kind of punchy today, apparently. So, it's about, mm, I'd say, a quarter mile away. Oh well. We can tramp silently along the sandy shore here. Let's get about 500 feet away, and, and I will scout it out. Yes. Okay. So we walk. Yes, do that specific number. Mm-hmm. That's how far we're going to walk along that the sandy far, shore. Exactly. Until All we're right. that far away from the Glinty House. You go a few hundred feet more down, and then you hit the mark uh, of distance you're looking for. You're now about 500 feet away. Now that we're about 500 feet away, I am going to turn into into a fox. Ah. I have great Nines and I will this. wait here on the sandy shore, looking over the, the waters of the Great Lake while you reconnoiter the Glinty House. Sounds good. Just, just be careful of lake monsters. So you uh, use wild shape and shift into a fox now. Yes, I am a fox. Okay. Now, now paranoid, I am perceiving the lake to see if there's any lake monsters. All right. I don't um, believe in lake monsters. So do you want to like, like, nine? You got a nine on your yeah, sure you see, second four. You see it's what a, could be a boat, but it might be Sturm Grimmy, the, <laughs> the Sturm Grim monster. Sturm Grimmy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're never, ever going to get to the Clinty house. Oh, I've we, already left. We are a very punchy group today. So now a fox, what do you say? Ring, ding, It's not going to stop, folks. It just isn't. That's that's the tenor of the show today. Yeah, we're, we're really aging. Probably going things. to fight the big we boss are, today. The demographic's going to go all the way up to 12. For this episode, <laughs> no, that that I not even close to the demographic that would get that joke. <laughs> no, I am no, stealthing towards the house. Okay. Is, is this day, night, or night day? By the time you guys reached here, there was still a little bit of moonlight left. Okay, but so the sun will start coming up in a, few in, hours. In, in a couple hours. It's very dark then. Um, well, I have 60 foot dark vision as a fox. Yeah, you do. So, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm going to just stealth over. I have keen hearing, so I'm going to be listening out for things. For people, probably, mostly. See, and just get a scope of what this, uh, manner is like. Okay. You go a few hundred feet further. And I want you to make a stealth check. Roll with advantage. I have advantage because I because people aren't. Now, not only are you quite good at stealthing, but you are a fox. So. Seventeen. And you know 18. what they say. Um. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. Don't say it. I should I do an actual fox noise, or would that destroy our microphone? Uh, that would destroy the microphone. <laughs> if you want to know what a fox Do sounds it. like, kids, it uh, sounds like a go to YouTube. releasing the souls of hell. 
<laughs> go to YouTube, look up um, Fox Scream, and then turn your speakers as loud as they'll go. <laughs> They're very quiet. Mm -hmm. So, as you... Yeah, you're about 300 or so feet away. You start to approach uh, a little light. It's pretty low, but it draws your attention. And as you're scouting out, you see that there's a small camp. Very small. Single tent. There's a little fire. And the the fire is, you know, slightly more than embers. There's a low, low firelight from it. And there's just one person. Seems to be a dwarf tending the fire. And how far away from the house was this? You are from this scene about 50 feet now, and they're about 250-ish so feet. So they're just a ways away from the house. The house is visible from where you are through some fairly thick foliage, but it is visible. And this person seems to be just camping out here. Is he like armed? He has two of them. <laughs> he does. He does look Unlike armed. Some people we know. He's got a. <laughs> he's got a sword, and what looks like wouldn't really qualify as a dagger per se, but a knife uh, on the belt, and it's a short sword. And you see uh, what's clearly like a woodcutter's axe leaning up against a tree, and there's a little cook pot that you've seen has been, as you pay more attention, it's a little uh, off to the side by the tent, moved off the fire now. So yeah, he's armed, but it, he doesn't appear to be, you know, like a highwayman, for example. I'm going to just do a quick survey around the camp, keeping an ear out for any other movement or people. So you're going to start circling around? Yeah, outside the firelight. Okay. So you go, you start your circle, you know, southward around this house, keeping, I'm guessing, at the perimeter. Yeah, or, uh, uh, in the in within the forest yeah. and bushes and whatnot. Okay. Make another stealth check with advantage for me as you're moving around. Twenty-three again. All right. You go another few hundred feet through the woods. And set about the same distance away from the house, maybe a little bit further, come across a similar scene. Their individual, some looks to be human, sitting by a low fire. There's a woodcutter's axe, got a simple knife and a short sword at his belt. Um, this gentleman is cooking some food. He's got a cook pot over and seems to be making some sort of stew. Like sentries or something in disguise. All right, I'll head back to the group. Do you want to complete your circle, or oh. are, you, are you stopping there? I'll I'll keep circling. Okay. If I have time, yeah. I guess so. It do, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, how long do you want to take trying to circle? Because you've made it. We should we should get a full view of what we're getting into. All right. To give you some perspective where that first little camp was, if you think of this house that you can see, and it's a fairly long house, it is 
about a hundred fifty-ish feet in length, and its main facing is east-west, with the ends of the house facing north-south. It's not quite as wide as it is long, only measuring about to 40 feet or so. And where you found the first camp, if you drew sort of a diagonal from the house center down towards the southeast, it's in that area. This one, same sort of thing, diagonal line from the center, in the southwest-ish region. And now you're kind of making your way back up and around. And you're arcing up towards the northwest part. Now this is nearer to the lake. And when you get to this point, you see, you know, another individual camping out. The site is a little different this time. It has, you know, the, a tent and a little fire, but there's also a small, calling it a dock would be generous. It's basically some logs that have been uh, loosely laid on top of each other out into the water, just to create a little, almost jetty out into the water. And this guy's sitting at the end of it, fishing line. Seems to be similar. Doesn't have the short sword on him. It's sitting off to the side. Got his knife, but he's, you know, fishing. And there's a slightly larger fire than the other two. Does he have some fish caught? Not that you see. What, do I smell any fish caught? Um, you know, you you actually probably would be able to smell that. It smells like um, there's maybe a fish cooking over the fire inside of a cook pot. Yeah, you get a little bit of a whiff of a kind of fishy odor. Inside the pot. Is there a lid on it? Uh, yeah, it's there's like a loose <laughs> lid on it. Yeah. Why? Just, just thinking of stealing it as a fox. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> um... The, the lid is not fully on. It's open a little bit to vent, so it doesn't like bubble up and over and everything. I'm gonna steal the fish. Sneak in. He's, he's fishing off the little jetty, right? Yeah, yeah, so he he's is. facing away. He's facing away. I'm gonna um, sneak up. And when I get close enough, I'm gonna just knock over the pot, grab the fish, and run for it. Okay. Uh, go ahead and using your fox stats. Why don't you make, uh, why don't you make a strength check? That's horrible. You are trying to knock over, a, you know, cast iron cook pot strung over a fire. All right, well, I rolled a nat one, but don't worry. I have a minus four modifier. <laughs> <laughs> It's sturdier than it was before. How I'm going to narrate this happening is to say... <laughs> you fail. You, you get up there, and this is, if I'm not mistaken, your first time being a fox, right? I, mean, I don't think you've transformed into a fox before. 
Outside of in my mind, yeah. <laughs> I know you've been a dog, a yep. cat. A wolf. Uh, yes, you were a wolf, excuse me. And a dog. Yeah. Oh, yes, you were both. Yep. So the, I think this is the first time as a fox. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite yet familiar with fox strength. You sort of go up to the one of the two stakes that's in the ground, like the kind of heavy iron stakes that are holding up the crossbar that the pot hangs from. And you try to push it and you just you, you think it's going to be easier than it is. And you throw your little fox body into it and you just sort of bounce off of it and don't budge it. I'm going to run away. OK. <laughs> If first uh, you don't succeed, run, run away. Make, make a <laughs> stealth check. Just a regular one? It, with a, Yeah, yeah, just a regular one. Uh, you, 17. You managed to not make a that significant of a noise when you tried to body slam the, the iron stake in the ground. So you're OK. It looks like you didn't even notice that you were there. I'll get you next time, Iron Steak. Iron? Oh, Iron Steak. OK, I thought you were talking about food for a minute. No. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish my route and head and then head back. All right. You make it back to the group. OK. I'm not going to make you roll a stealth check on these because you. There wasn't another camp or anything. No, when you reach that guy, that was you, you'd made like a complete arc. Because the house sits not like right on the shoreline, but only, you know, 20 yards back from it. How long has that been? You probably spent about 30 minutes doing okay, that. So I still have 30 minutes of being a fox. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we were back. just starting to be bored. Yes, even though lake is great, it is kind of boring. You have a marvelously bushy tail. <laughs> Did you find anything that would be of value to us? <laughs> Can she actually talk when she's animal form? No. No, she can't. She can't. I can shake my talk. head no. She can understand you. I can understand both of you, yeah. Do you believe that you found the whole schnitzer's house? If I cast cast a speak with animal, can I actually have a normal conversation? Yes. If you cast it, yes, you could have a normal I conversation. I'll drop the fox form because I don't need you wasting your spell slots on stupid. Things. I wasn't gonna waste it on that. I just want to know if I can. Yeah. Yep. You could. Yes. And I and you know he he as a furball can talk to anyone who's been polymorphed into animals. Yeah, but I can't understand them. No, but you could. Talk I can to talk, them. To but. Them. I'm a druid, so it's a little different than that. So, are you like Elf I, Zoria? Are you Zoria Zoria? Ooh, or should are you I be for this? Zoria? Koromon. Should Zoria? I mess with Koromoth? I'll turn into a lame. Okay. Interesting <laughs> approach. From the. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Elaine Baumschutzen. Yeah. Okay. You take the form of Elaine. Wearing Maggie's clothes. Hmm. Maybe I should change into my suit. I'll just put on leather armor. 
because we might actually be fighting. So, so what did you see? <laughs> what did your fox eyes see? <laughs> I, I saw there's two camps to the south with just a single person at each. I think there were sentries, mm -hmm. but they're disguised to look like foresters really badly. And then there was one camp on the north side that was on the lake. And I think so. Those are, I think they're sentry points. And, and they're about you, 50 feet out from the house. And do you think this is the house which we are seeking? Oh, probably. I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely a house. Did I see any signs of it being occupied and how it's running around it? No. You were a little too far away to get a very good look at it. But I didn't see, like, lights in the windows. You didn't notice any lights in the windows, no. So are we going to kill these sentries? Non-lethally, of course. Of course. We could, yeah. We could just, we could go, like, super, like, s safe and, like, take them out one by one. We could just take one out and try and sneak in. Sneaking is our specialty. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we definitely must search this house. It may be the thing we are seeking. You know, next time we're at Drowning in Magic, you should ask if they have anything to help you sneak. Hmm. Uh, you know, my stealth is really not too bad. In theory. It is just in the <laughs> practice. practice of it that I have failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the light, I didn't see any lights in the house, but, you know, that might be part of the cover. So we need to go through two of these sentry posts in order to get to the house. I think we could get through just one if we just hit the southeastern one. Hmm. But if we leave all of them up, they could come as reinforcements if some alarm goes off. I think it would be best. Nines, do you agree that we should neutralize these sentries before proceeding to the house? Yes, non-lethally. Of non course. Yes, I have much rope now. But yeah, we can just like knock them out, tie them up, and leave them at their camp so that they can't. Then use them for bait to catch the monsters in the lake. <laughs> we do that afterwards. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I want to get photo evidence of Storm Grimmy, whatever <laughs> photos are. You could draw a sketch. I could draw a picture. People, people would have to believe me <laughs> if it was a pic. If I had a drawn picture of a monster. Yes. Why would they doubt it if you had a drawn picture? I you mean, can't just lie on the paper. Nobody That'd draws anything that they do not see. I mean, dragons exist. There must be a lake monster. <laughs> Let us go on to the first century. All right. Shall we try to um, sneak up on them, even though it is likely not to work? I could. I'm going to turn into the second century I saw. The human. Okay. The um, fairly generic-looking human man. I could. This was one of the sentries, but not the one we're going to first. I could do something to distract him while you come up from behind. And non-lethally bop him on and the head. And non-lethally bop, yes, bunny foo-foo style. Yes. <laughs> Let us try that. Sure. All right. Do you both. wish, Nines, do you wish to say execute? Execute! <laughs> non-lethally! I feel... I feel like you should both sneak up and bop him on the head. 
Yes, we will both do that. But he's the one that can turn invisible. I can do that once. once. <laughs> I will save it for the second century. All right. Well, he'd be concerned when uh, the same him comes up to him later. <laughs> they will be very I, confused. I can just turn it. Okay. <laughs> Execute. <laughs> I give you guidance as we get close, and then I go forward. All right. And I follow um, behind at a non-respectful From which direction distance. are you approaching? I'm approaching from the southwest direction. You're approaching him from the southwest He's, direction. We're going to the southeastern one. Yep. And I'm approaching him from the western direction. Okay. From the direction of the southwestern. Camp. So you're taking the time to move around. I am. But I'm okay. letting them stay on the east side so that when he's facing me... Okay. Being distracted. They can... Alright, I want you to make a stealth check. Since you are, you know, trying to not be noticed until the opportune time, correct? Yeah. Do I get to use this guy's stealth because mine is vulnerable? Uh, you you do not. Hey, I rolled a 17, so 18. There you go. You do just fine. Having previously made your way through the woods, albeit quite a bit shorter and more soft-footed, you ha- you kept a decent idea of where the good pathway is to make your way through unnoticed. Mm, I and, wonder if there's soft And you're now on the other woods. side. You're now on the other side of the first century, and it doesn't look like he's noticed you. Alright. I should have a plan. So I don't. So I go forward. All right. You step a few feet forward, not bothering to stealth this time. I'm and I, I announce my presence. I'm like, hey. Hey. Um, I want you to roll a D100 since you have never heard this guy speak. sound the same anyway. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, that's true. 18. All right. I don't know if that's good or bad. How close were we, Olsef? The first guy, that the dwarf sitting by the fire, looks up. Mm-hmm. We keep moving hey, toward going. the camp. Now that we see him looking up, we'll start moving toward the camp. Just checking in. And I'm gonna just try and engage in a conversation to distract, basically. So I think that over sports her. ball. Quiet. <clears throat> I think I heard something large over in my camp. Near it's my a, camp. Something large. Yeah, like a bear or something. Carmont didn't say anything about bears in the woods. Uh, can we hear that conversation? <laughs> nah, it depends. Are you guys stealthing towards this yes. conversation? Yes. All right. We're definitely then I need both of you to make a stealth check. Um, uh, you know what? I'll say because he's distracted, you can roll with advantage. And I have thrown guidance that, yeah, I don't know if it's still valid at this point. It or is. It hasn't been be. 10 minutes. It's one minute. Uh, is it one minute? You know, I'll just let you have it. It doesn't matter. Nat 20. I thought it was 10. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. So plus two, twenty-two. It's not just a theory anymore. No. <laughs> In practice, I got a twenty-one. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. 
you guys are, you know, as ghosts on the wind moving <laughs> towards him. He but, doesn't and did we hear him. that. Yeah, but did we hear that conversation? It's a little distant, point? but the closer you get, the more you make out. By the time that did, did we hear him say Koromos? By the time you get to that part of the conversation, that's the one of the first things you've kind of heard clearly. Everything was kind of making it out and a little out of focus. You know, you were a ways away. And that at that point, when he started saying Cormonth, he was just getting into focus for you to hear him. And yes, I, I turn to nines and go. <laughs> yeah, I think it was some sort of bear, but it looked weird. I think it had a beak. That kind of bear? What is that? Oh, like a sort of like a bird bear. Bird bear. Yeah. You fucking been drinking again? Yeah, so. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't want any of us drinking out here, don't you? Have you been drinking? Of course I've been drinking. I'm <laughs> 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 <I'm> a dwarf. <laughs> but I'm not drinking. It's something to be wrong. And I'm a regular human person. I drink too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about how close are we at this point? Yes, are we, are you we can, within you can be as close as you want to be now. I want to uh, be in bopping when... distance. Do you want to bop first or should I bop first? No, I'm going to be dumb. Um, now that I'm 15 feet away, I want to cast Minor Illusion past them, back where Soria came from, mm -hmm. and whatever I think a bear bird sounds like. <laughs> like, I think it was bird bear. <laughs> ah, hell, it's a bird bear! Um... <laughs> <laughs> You do that, and um, it's y you are able to conjure whatever it is you're going for here, <laughs> and it's it gets his attention. I jump on him all scared like and hold grab onto him and try and accidentally accidentally knock him over. All right. Mm. <laughs> Make an athletics check. And I go, ah, hell, it's that bird bear. <laughs> As I do it. All right. Uh, that would be a five. Um, okay. You, you jump up at him and... I'm mostly just like hugging him now. <laughs> he, he's kind of caught you. And Which it's is, holding you. And it's a dwarf, right? And I yeah. came in. Yeah, it's... Oh, I didn't mean to, like, jump up into his arms. You have to jump down <laughs> into That's what his arms. I mean, <laughs> you, started, you tried to stumble into him, and he didn't want to fall over. So what ended up happening is that he kind of caught you as you were sort of falling on him. And now he's just sort of supporting you. And he's, you know, about a foot and a half, maybe two feet shorter than you. So it's a sort of an awkward dynamic at the moment. I use this opportunity Olseth. to raise Olseth, I think we should see where this goes. You know, your eyes are beautiful <laughs> in the firelight. I raise Katiralar. I, <laughs> I raise Katiralar and bring it forcefully down upon his head in a non-lethal fashion. 
how do you want to are, are you using like the broad edge of the sword or no you like the, the hilt the hilt okay the pommel, Sorry. The pommel yeah the pommel. i'm using Got the pommel it. of katirilar roll with uh, roll an attack yeah and you may roll with advantage yes it's a surprise no um it's a 19 and that is uh also a 19. double 19s <laughs> Go ahead and roll for non-lethal damage. This should be totally worthless. It might be. <laughs> oh, yes, no. of course. <laughs> Five non-lethal damage. All right. But as I do that, I quickly also raise a lashalar and bring the handle, the pommel, not the pommel, but the grip of that also down on his head in a non-lethal fashion. Yeah, uh, since this is a surprise round um, and you've hit him now, I want everyone to roll initiative. God. Well, I had one good roll. <clears throat> four. All right, you have four. Three. We're off to a good start. <laughs> okay, I have 22. <laughs> All right. 22. How do you get that? What? How do you get above a five? So for the I... surprise round, uh, you can still have your second attack because you initiated this mm -hmm. and it caught him totally off guard. Not with advantage anymore, though. Huh? No. And I do need to set up combat. So give me just a moment. Well, I go do that. Okay. Uh, combat is set at the moment. And what was the result of your second attack? 13. 13. All right. That does hit. So go ahead and roll for damage. 13 hits. Oh, another one. <laughs> Five more. What was your first attack again? Non Five. Yep. Both five. So that's 10 non-lethal bopping damage. Okay. Uh, nines, you go next. This is also a surprise round, so you will uh, you'll be at the top of the initiative track after this, and then normal combat starts. Oh God, the bird bear is behind you. What <laughs> <laughs> in the hell? Get my! <laughs> I keep. I try to. I, I'm in his arms and I'm just clinging on to him. E yeah. Uh, understood. Uh, you, nines, you can take an action. You have a surprise round here. Um, I never use my claws, so I'm going to non lethally smack him in the face. Because I right. don't have my weapon out. <laughs> and that's going to be a 20 to hit. That, that, that does, does hit. hit. And that's going to be five non-lethal damage. <laughs> There's a, There's theme, a theme developing here. Right <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, he takes a couple of good bops on the head, and then, and then uh, a really, really pretty, pretty painful, painful claw, claw attack, attack to his, to his back. back. He's not, He's very, not very well armored, armored on the back, on the back side, side here, and, and you, you scrape your claws, claws down, down his, his back, back, cutting up his shirt, and now he's bleeding out of some 
you know, yeah, fairly shallow, shallow but, but numerous cuts on his back. back. Because, because that was, that was a, surprise a surprise round, round. is there anything is there else you want to do before we enter normal initiative? Uh, not right now. I do I have do a question. question. Yeah, yeah. Are we are currently, we currently grappling, grappling each other? Technically. You are you currently, are currently technically, technically grappling each other. other. Yeah. Okay. If he if attempts to move out, out of this, you will be, have, the have the opportunity to make an opposed, opposed grapple check. Which I'm super, super good at. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you are, are super, super good, good at. at. <laughs> so, you, did you say <laughs> you, you want to do anything else, Nines? Not for that turn. All right. We are now in a normal initiative track, and Nines, you are up first. I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery at him. Okay. Dwarf! You're not even that drunk! You suck! Yeah! I'm trying to debate on whether to make him roll with disadvantage on that. Because that would that sting would for him. I'm going to make him roll with disadvantage. It's a 14, 14 wisdom save for yours, right? right? Yep. All right. He fails. He fails. Go ahead and roll for damage. damage. Your insult, insult has, has cut, cut him to the quick. <laughs> your claws your didn't quite that, that deep, deep, but your insult did. He takes a three uh, psychic damage and disadvantage on his next uh, attack roll. All right. All right. And I'm just going to my turn. I don't think uh, we need to be inspired to knock him out. Oh, boy. So, so it's, now it's now his, his turn. His turn. And, and he looks, he looks at, you. at you. He's, He's pissed. pissed. I'm just, I'm just crying. crying. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Get the hell out of me and do something. And he tries to, like, shove you out of his arms. I will keep holding. All right. He is... He's going to make, make uh, a, a strength, strength check, check here, here, and you can make an opposed one, one. Uh, so but funny. make it with disadvantage because you're, you're like, like in his arms, arms right now. Uh -huh. All right. Okay. Well, well, I rolled that 20, 20 and, and the three. three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so that is a total, total of two. two. You still manage to hang on to him. Really? You rolled a one? Uh-huh. And he, and he has, has no, no bonuses. bonuses. Uh, these guys aren't particularly, shall we say, athletic. Wow. So, so my, my frail little noodle arm. This guy rolled as bad as he possibly could. And he used that And he fails to get you So instead of throwing you off, you both just sort of go tumbling down onto the ground now as... His attempt, attempt to push, push you off has thrown you off balance, both of you, and you fall over on the ground and are sort of rolling around. That will that will end his very pathetic turn, and Ulset, that brings you up. You are not... I'm not going to say that you're prone, since you could have some movement, and you're sort of rolling around and tussling. You're not, You're not incapacitated, incapacitated, basically. Why are we doing this? We have to protect, protect ourselves from the bird hair. <laughs> it's your it's turn, Elsa. Kachira Lars Pommel comes crashing down upon his feet. Go ahead. Uh, 17. 
That'll hit, yeah. Two this time? And for the record, I would have normally let you roll with advantage, but your compatriot is right there, adding an element of complexity. 11 non-diesel bopping damage. Wow! I think that's the best that I've ever seen you roll with Katira Lar. It is. Wow! Well done! Uh, anything else you want to do on your turn? Well, yes. I'll bring my offhand Alashalar also down, popping him on the pate. Very good. After you. This guy has a lot of non-lethal. He does. 19. This is a tough non-lethal damage. That would make it go 19 hits. Go ahead and roll for damage. Five more. After a really hefty swing with the pommel, of uh, Katiralar, where, where you, you give him a, a big bash, bash on his head. head. You see you some, some blood, blood coming down from that one. one. And, and then, then a second, softer, softer but still sturdy, sturdy thud, thud. Yeah, yeah, with Alashalar. He, he goes limp and is now just sort of got his arms over the top of Soria and just like, he's unconscious. I really do not want to see where this goes. I tried to push him off. Uh, he's limp and totally, yeah, non-responsive right now. You can easily get out from under him. Mm -hmm. All right. You guys tie him up. I use one of my 22-foot lengths of uh, leftover I'm going to partially burned rope and tie him up. I'm going to check his head and just make sure he's not going to suffer too bad of a concussion. If it wasn't clear, that does take you out of combat. And after a moment or two, he rouses again, now restrained by your rope. And after you give him a little look over, you can see he's definitely going to be feeling this, but he'll be OK. He has a minor concussion is what you're able to conclude. OK. Let's. So tie up his feet and, and then gag him. Gag him, and we'll put him in his tent. Okay. We're not gonna question him. No, before we about what? Oh, well, like all the stuff that we need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah about all like... the stuff. I guess we could do that. Sure. I mean, Let's is there some... security? Is uh... there the guy we're looking for? Does he know if there's a turtle that's there? <laughs> Those are good questions. I'm saying these all in front of... These uh, are very good questions, Nines. Why do not you ask our prisoner those questions? Do I really have to repeat myself to you? He's... You you bound and gagged him, so he's not really able to respond at the I moment. ungag him. We de him. All right. He's, he's ungagged. What? What the hell are you? Bird bears. That's like his name of group. Is it? Not a bad <laughs> name. Better than Saltworthy. Mm -hmm. It's much better. It's definitely better than Saltworthy. Mm. Well, think That's about it. <laughs> Excuse me, dwarf. We have questions. Oh, gee. Fuck off. What do you want? Well, first off, is there a turtle in that, uh, in that house? Ugh, I don't fucking know. Bringing people in there all the time. What am I supposed to keep track of one turtle? Because it's a turtle, they're not <laughs> common. I just told you, 
I don't watch every fucking person that works in and out of the house. Are there any camps other than the two beyond this one? Uh, what do you mean camps? These scouting posts. Watch posts. Just the three of us. Kermont didn't pay me enough to give a fuck about this. How much does he pay you? Not much. I check his pocket. You find a single piece of silver in him. Oh, you can keep it. Thanks for the generosity. You're welcome. I'll give him an extra. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we could pay you much better than Coromans if you would be of assistance to us. But have mine. <clears throat> I think. Are your other watch post people amenable to being bought off? Uh, probably. Most of them don't give a fuck about what Carmont is here for. I'll give you three silver and a cup of mead. Sound good to me? Yeah, what should you need me to do? Should we have him go into the next camp and uh, uh, tell them that they have a much better offer? Um, they would just uh, bring, come out to see us. Bring your comrades here, your other camp watchers. Tell them that you got a better deal for them and they can each have three silver and, and a, a cup, cup of, of mead. mead. All right. The good mead. It's not bad. Eight. It's no Tibble, but I guess. Hey, what I guess. And by me, like your rounds, get a buys back here. That sound all good to you. Um, yes. yes. Before he runs off, can I do an insight check on him? Yeah, I want to do that as well. Okay, go ahead, make an insight check. Oh, let's all. Uh, I rolled a net one. I rolled a math <laughs> twenty-four nines. You just can't get a read on him. Three. You think he's a nice guy? Yeah, same for you, Wilson. As usual, I have no clue. Can't, can't get much of a read on him, <laughs> but you think he seems like a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Soria, hey, you take a moment or two longer than your compatriots. I'll look him up and down. And get the sense that he's, he's not trying to double-cross you. Between the single silver in his pocket, his fairly amenable attitude after you already knocked him unconscious and then tried to restrain him, the fact that he's willing to do this, you get the sense that he's probably going to cooperate. Mm -hmm. Shall we take his arms? I mean, not his arms, his <laughs> armaments, his weapons. <laughs> no, we can keep him. I'll make him look suspicious anyway. Yeah. Oh, yes, he definitely would not look suspicious bleeding from the head and the back. Ah, but there is a reason for the bleeding. He was yes, attacked by a bird bear. bear. Attacked him. Yes. Yeah. One last question. Hey. Have any of you ever seen a monster in the lake? I haven't. No. Okay. Wait. Just a theory. What theory? Darm Grimmy, the monster of the lake. 
is it enough? not a monster in a lake. And he kind of like looks over the lake, <laughs> side eye, a little unsure that maybe there is. We have dragons, giants, and other fantasy creatures like unicorns. Why not a monster plesiosaur in the lake? Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. There ain't nothing in that lake but a bunch of minerals and fish. That's, that's giant. Cool. Giant dinosaur fish. Sturm. Was that a wave we just saw, or was it? He looks over Sturm, Sturm just... Grimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Anyway. Quit putting ideas in my head. Just, just don't go in swimming. Anyway, go get your compatriots. Don't say a word to anyone in the mansion, and you'll get your pay and not be killed. Yes, bring them back here. We will be waiting. All right. He he walks off. I immediately turn into a fox and just stealth behind him and make sure he does what we asked him to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are we going to bring up that you were his other compatriot nope. this whole time? But I assume, okay. but Gormoth seems to know that I'm a changeling, so I assume they were briefed on me. Could be. Um. He's... You know, holding a bit of cloth to his head where it's uh, bleeding and you follow him do you want to try to be super stealthy or yeah. okay go ahead and roll a stealth check uh, and you can roll with advantage 22 all right uh, per usual you seem to be moving through the woods very deftly no one seems to hear you when he reaches his first compatriot, he briefly explains to him that um, a group of eh, he he calls you mercenaries that's came, accurate. knocked mm -hmm. him out. He thinks is probably the group that's been after Coromanth, but he's fed up with Coromanth's low pay and sitting out in these miserable woods in this uh, dump of a house and he's going to head out. And if he does the same, he can have three silver and a cup of mead. Just for walking off. Does the other he guy also ask if the weed is good or the meat is good? <laughs> <laughs> the weed is the weed is fine. You did not get um, that. You didn't say that. <laughs> the the mead is is not something that he inquires about. Uh, he contemplates it for a moment, the second individual, and eventually says, all right, yeah, I'll do that. And then they both walk over and greet the third individual. Make another stealth check for me. Advantage still. Yep. 15. Even though you're a little bit less nimble than in previous attempts, you're kind of blending into more movement around the house now, and no one seems to be paying you much money. When they get to the third individual, he's since caught a fish you know, sitting next to him on the dock, and they explain the same thing. Three silver, 
cup of mead. Screw Cormoth. While they're talking, I sneak over and grab that fish. <laughs> Make a stealth check. Not with advantage. 21. You're able to get quite close there engrossed in conversation, and they don't seem to have noticed you. Well, you have the fish in your mouth, and if you want, you can try to make another stealth check to run away. Seven. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> in your excitement to get the fish, you... <laughs> you get a little over eager once you have the fish, make some noise and scramble off into the woods. They all take notice of you. The the gentleman who is fishing just says, for fuck's sake. For and, fuck's sake? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> but no one seems to really care. Okay. And you have a fish. They go over two of them now, same points, three silver, cup of mead, mead's decent, screw Coromanth, and- If they sound like they're agreeing, I'm just gonna be heading back with And the fish. third guy ponders it over, sees his other two uh, companions, and it's just like, yeah, sure. Um, and just about anything beats uh, staying out here another night. So? They uh, pack up, douse their fires, and head back to the first camp. And now, uh, These are responsible campers. Yeah. Yes. They Well, they grew up here in Nordfeld, and they try to be pretty responsible about maintaining the forest. Well, I'm going to run back with the fish ahead of them as a fox, mm -hmm. and when I get back, I'll turn back and start cooking the fish at the little campfire. All right. Uh, the three of them walk back up. Do you report anything to your compatriots oh. about what they were doing? It seems like they're all on the level. But then we shall probably each contribute three silver. Also, I found a fish. Okay. How'd you find a fish? <laughs> I want to fish. You can have some. We'll contribute three silver each. Yes. All right. And I put my keg down and I take my nines mug and my plus one three mugs and I fill them with mead. When you uh, get the three of them back, hand them their mead, the guy who was fishing kind of looks at the fish like, huh, and the other two will look at it and go, huh, where'd you get the fish? Oh, I just found it, you know? The third one of them looks a little <laughs> suspicious, like... But the other two sit down and start drinking their mead. <sighs> and I'll share the fish with all of them. So you have a... Fish? I don't know. Big enough that a fox can carry it? You know, it was a... I'll say uh Baby, please eight, see There's an eight-pound bass. An eight-pound bass. Ooh. So, you know, not the largest bass by any means, but not bad. There's certainly enough for everyone to have a little bit. A nice season, that. What's oregano? No. Oregano. Like <laughs> ro rosemary and lemon pepper. Oh, 
Yeah, that'd be pretty good. You make a pretty decent meal. The three of them look uh, quite actually pleased with the decision here that they have made. Uh, yeah, this is better than what we were doing. Screw that guy. And by the time the fish is consumed, the mead drank. Uh, they look at you three and the first dwarf that you knocked out says, and if it's not the same, you will be heading off. Yep. Hey. And uh, he douses the last fire. I head off into uh, the shoreline, sticking into the woods to try not to be noticed, mm-hmm. and are making their way back towards the city of Nordfeld. Keep an eye out for Sturmgrimmy. The other two are just like, what? <laughs> but the first dwarf gives you this look and it just goes and gives you the knowing nod, like, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you have now gotten rid of the scouts outside the house. That was excellent, non lethal work. Yes, we did a great job. And we had time for dinner. That was pretty good, too. Yes. Um, the, when we were eating, and we managed to increase a short rest. We managed to increase the minimum wage for rest. watching fires. Oh, yeah. old. So, um, if there's anything that you guys can recover from a short rest, that little meal that you had is a short rest. I get my wild shapes back now. However, uh, taking all that time, the sun is now up over the horizon mm. and it's it's daylight out. Now he can sneak in in the dead of day, night. Yes, they will probably be asleep now. <laughs> this place let's is let's just walk good. through the front door. Let's go. We walk up to the. Uh, to the Do house. we want to sneak at all? Actually, uh, is there like a road that goes to? Uh... Confident now. <laughs> <laughs> Nines, maybe you should pose as an encyclopedia salesman. Or burglar. <laughs> Is there a road that goes up to the uh, uh, house that we're aware of? No, you don't see any roads. You haven't taken a very close look at the house itself. You've just seen it from a bit of a distance. Uh, you know, you're still 150-ish feet away from the house at any given uh, of these little encampments. There's a lot of foliage, so the house isn't entirely clear from where you're standing. So you you don't have a lot of info. What you do know is there wasn't any sign of any roads out here. Is there anything in the tent? Bedroll and that's about it. I could go in as one of these sentries, but then I'd probably just get killed. (laughs) Because you'd be alone. And Coromont knows that you're not who you are. Yeah. Well, Dan, let us have a plan. Mm. <laughs> Step one, get more information. All right. Step Let's, two? Why don't we... Act on it. <laughs> why don't... Okay, do you want me... I got my wild shape back. Do you want me to scout the house proper? Check for uh, entrances, other... Just windows and doors. You should turn into dog and see if you smell turtle. I turn into a squirrel. Ooh. 
windows doors, cellar doors, and second story entry points. <laughs> and I'm going to run up to the house and just check windows, doors, cellar doors. What else did you Second see? story entrances. Second story entrances, balconies, chimneys. So you're just looking for any way in? I'm looking, I, I want to weigh our options. I'm going to just do a survey of the house, climbing on the walls as needed. All right, and remind me, what did you just change a into? Squirrel. A squirrel. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. You. I stare intently at the squirrel. A large squirrel. You run up to, <laughs> you start with the front of the house what is quite clearly the front door. And it, since you're a squirrel, I'm not going to make you roll a stealth check. Squirrels just run around. Uh, well, as they please. So that's good because I don't see stats for a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I know you can change into one, so I'm not going to fight you with it. Yeah. You are getting right up. Uh, do, you, do you want to be like right on the windowsills and stuff? Just kind of running I'm gonna, on top of stuff? Yeah, because like, I want to be able to see if I can see inside any of the rooms. See if there's people. Sure. After a few rooms and a few windows, it, you start to get the sense you're not going to be able to see inside. The vast majority of the windows are boarded up. Mm. And covered with wood. The few that aren't have they're not blackout drapes, but they're, you know, they would be like a 90% light blocking drape covering the window. So everything on the inside is obscured. You can't get a good sense of what's in there. Um, when you run up on the door, it doesn't look like People have been using it very much. Um, there's not a lot of signs of like foot traffic to the front door. It looks pretty undisturbed. It looks just like everything else. That that's all the information a squirrel can gather about sort of the front area. There is a a second floor uh, balcony on the outside. A, you know, a second floor porch, basically that sits over the first floor porch, providing it its roof. You scurry up one of the posts, and when you get up to the top, you see that there are a few windows, although they are covered. There's a couple of holes in these. None of these are actually boarded up, though. They all seem to just be covered with drapes, and there's a few holes in the tattered drapes near the bottom that a you know, person normally would have a hard time seeing through, but as a squirrel, you have a pretty easy vantage point. And it's uh, not well, quite what you expected. Of course, it's the few glimpses you get inside. It's dirty and looks run down, dilapidated, just like the rest of the house. But within that uh, room that you can see, there's little glimpses of the wall and there's a whole bunch of like wood plaques. Um, they all look fairly similar, but they're not identical. And there's just a bunch of them hanging up on the wall. There's a 
couple of nice looking chairs. That's all you can see. Do the wood plaques have like writing on them or anything? Uh, you, they have yeah. some sort of like thing on them. etching, carving, pattern on them. None of them are painted and it's sort of dim in there with everything drawn shut. So there's not enough light to get an idea of what they are. And like in a clear sense, you can see there's some sort of pattern thing on all these wood plaques. Can't tell what it is from out here. Continuing your investigation. Uh, you kind of scurry around on the roof, making your way up there. You see that the house actually has a central courtyard. And it's surrounded by windows and it appears one door on the first level. The courtyard looks it's small, but looks pretty nice. If overgrown, to say the least. You can tell the plants that were there or are there. Uh, if they had been kept up, this would have been a very nice looking little courtyard. It's about, you know, 12 by 12 in its size. The windows around the courtyard are all similarly drawn shut. Various tatters on their drapery. So you get little glimpses and Unless you want to go and investigate each every window, there's not a whole lot of information you can glean from running around to the roof. Okay. Is there chimneys? There, there are a couple chimneys around the house spotted in various places. Fairly small uh, chimney shoots, though. Where was there a back door or a cellar door? Is there anything? Else? As you make your way down around the back side of the house. There's fewer windows out here, but still some. And uh, set sort of oddly, a little odd here, set away from the property there of the house, about 15 feet or so. There's a sunken area that is a stairwell leading down. And you're making your way around here. Nothing else really stands out to you about the property as far as like ways in. You got a front door, presumably some sort of cellar door, although you're not sure. Uh, courtyard windows are all covered, most of them boarded up. There's a second floor, you know, porch. There has a door up there, too. But as a squirrel, you can't really test to know if any of this is locked or if it opens. Were there it, any you know, broken windows? Any windows that you any windows that could be broken that are boarded boarded. Okay. So you can't say for sure that they are boarded, but of all the windows that you saw, they are all intact. Okay. I will come back. <laughs> and then I, I turn really back. wish she, she would just change back when she comes back to us. <laughs> I, I wait patiently for my acorn. I pine nut, pine nut out here. Pine nuts. But since I don't seem to be getting one, I'll turn back. Yeah. All right. 
I tell you literally everything you just heard. Great, what is planned then? <laughs> we can either, there, there appear to be four potential ways in. The front door, the balcony door, through a boarded up window, if it is in fact covering a broken window and remove the boards, and potentially the cellar door, if the stairs lead to a door. One other option is I could try to sneak in through like the chimney or something as a animal and then open up a door from the inside. But that would be the most dangerous. That would be very dangerous for you. Otherwise, I could try to pick it. I assume this place is locked up, so I could try pick lock, lock picking, pick locking, lock picking. It's all the same thing. That's what that's what Dromar taught me. Don't worry about terminology, he used to say. So can we get into the courtyard from by climbing up over the building, or is it too difficult for us to do? Did I get a sense that it... Your, like, your summary of the difficulty of climbing up and over would be not impossible, but quite difficult. If you're not a squirrel, it would be quite difficult. Uh, unfortunately, I am not a squirrel. Nines, are you a squirrel? You're more moose no. than squirrel. Oh. Um, <laughs> how many windows were boarded up? I was a joke for over 70 audience. <laughs> Definitely. Hmm? And also that narrow band uh, of like mid 30s that happened to watch Nickelodeon when they ran old TV shows. That oh, narrow what about band. that time? They rebooted it for no reason, even before rebooting it was really a big thing. And it didn't. Nines, work. I do like your Pottsylvania accent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a little bit of a Pottsylvania accent, isn't it? Moose, say moose and squirrel. <laughs> ah, moose we and were. squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's, um, you were squirrel. How Seth was just asking how many windows were boarded up. They were approached the first floor windows, right? Mm -hmm. All the first floor windows, um, a couple second floor windows, but most of those were just draped over. You'd say there's probably a dozen or so that are boarded up. So I'm guessing that Coromon, being ostentatious and all and haughty, would probably be on the second floor of this building. So he has a good view. But the easiest point of access seems like the store, the, the basement thing. Let the us cellar. try the cellar, the, the potential of a cellar door at the bottom of the stairwell. The downside is now we have to get all the way up through the house as opposed to coming in from like the balcony or mm -hmm. Breaking, using the raven bar to break a hole in the roof or something. Would you like oh, to try? How much resistance can we really run into? Yes, and with three silver, oh, we have no more meat today. But, um... Well, we can lie to them. We can, and we can make it five silver. <laughs> they are you know, working inside. Perhaps they are paid more. Do you want me to go ahead slightly as one of the sentries just to get, like a quick gauge of what's going on and you guys can be right behind me um yeah let's head around the back okay head around the back to the potential cellar door um 
you go first, uh, go down the stairs, and if we don't hear you scream, almost immediately we'll follow. Why, why don't you stay like... A respectful distance? Yeah, like a respectful distance, <laughs> okay. 10, 20 feet behind. Okay. Like within one round of movement of me. Whatever that is, yes. <laughs> the, distance, the distance that we could cover very quickly. In like six seconds. Yes. Just randomly. Mm-hmm. 30 feet max. You feel confident that 30 feet <laughs> feels about that. Feels about that distance. All right, I'm going to turn into the human again because I'm wearing leather armor and it'll fit him the best. Okay. And we go around back. We'll go around and I'll just sort of hobble down to the, the cellar door. The theoretical cellar door. Okay. I Are you uh, about trying to be stealthy at all when you do this? I'm not. You're not. Are you I'm two? trying to act like I'm supposed to be here. Oh, I will attempt to be stealthy. Guy does. The worst thing that happens is that you're not, so. Which, I got a seven. Okay. Uh, I should have given you guidance. Nine. I shouldn't. I should have given you both guidance. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody clip that, please. That was perfect. Uh, you're not particularly stealthy. You're crunching a fair bit under your uh, mm -hmm. feet as you walk over leaves and branches and things. It, you are aware that you're making some noise. But Soria, as the bandit, will call Bob. Uh, Soria, appearing as Bob the Bandit. Can we bandit it? <laughs> yes, we can. Oh, no. I should not have chosen Bob. No, but... you no. Oh, can, I, can I have codename Swiper? <laughs> Swiper, no, no swiping. swiping. I was the fox. <laughs> you can be you, Steve. I mean, you did swipe. If anyone's Swiper, I suppose it's you. Yeah, I guess you can be Swiper. So... You're Bear in the Big Blue House. What? <laughs> the other sh Bear in the Big Blue House. Weird show. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was about a bear, and he was in, in a, a big house. blue house. <laughs> that was the plot. It was good that it was big, because I'm sure the bear was big. It wasn't nearly as weird as bananas in pajamas. <laughs> it's a very strange show. How are we doing uh, with this moving toward the cellar? Door? Oh, great. <laughs> You've done fine. I don't think I've tripped yet. Now, since you're not trying to be stealthy, you do just fine, and you walk up to the cellar door, or rather, walk down the cellar door. And you try to open it, guessing? I'll test it very gently. Sure. And we check for it, traps. Do you want to check for traps? It seems to... I don't know how to do that. I don't either. It has a little give. It's <laughs> just testing it. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> As you, you know, move the handle back and forth, it's got some give. Move... It's got a little jiggle into it. You know how a lot of older doors, um, a little more room. They're not quite uh, sealed so well. Mm -hmm. And this is moving back and forth. I'll try and open it. As you press the lever down on the handle, it unlocks just fine and in swings the door. I pick the lock. Well done. And then I will saunter in. Sure. Do you two follow? Yes, at a close distance. 
Very yet close. still respectful. No. Oh, now Five it's a dis- now it's a disrespect. <laughs> it's a disrespectfully close <laughs> distance. You are a close walker. <laughs> so you get in. You, you go in through the cellar door, and when you get inside, it's something that y- you've all seen a version of. It is a cellar. He's not home alone, us. <laughs> is that a creepy furnace? Um, I, I meant like have oh, traps everywhere. Oh, like I have paint cans swinging down at you. Yeah. No, now I'm wishing I did that, but I <laughs> did not. God. Okay. Um, I would be harassing a small child for this camp. <laughs> a couple episodes ago, small child, I have crowbar for you. That <laughs> <laughs> so were now. That would just be. Um, Pottsylvania and Home Alone. <laughs> we can call ourselves the Wet Bandits. <laughs> so, when you... Is there any wine I can steal down here? When you, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this room. It, it's all dry goods. And, and, like, this is pretty obvious the moment you enter. The storeroom smells of... Uh, particularly rosemary. There's a lot of rosemary hanging, drying down here. And various cured meats are also hanging on hooks, drying. There's a couple of kegs, don't know of what, that are sitting against the side of a wall. And then just, you know, a variety of durable vegetables. Like, I'm talking... No, potatoes and other root vegetables like that. It'll keep for a while, especially in a cellar. So, so that's that's what you enter in. There's a pretty are, strong are any of the kegs of, already. Uh, are any of the kegs already tapped? The, the kegs do have taps on them. Yeah, I take I just go up to one of them at random and uh, pour some into my stein. Are we alone in this it's room? Need. Yeah, there's nobody in this oh, room. Thank God. Yep. There's no one down here. <laughs> the only things that are with you are some cured meats, a musty limestone sort of odor, and a little bit of dust. That's that is all that is in this room off to uh, what is the north wall as you enter this room. And it is low in here. Uh, Ulseth, you have to stoop to be in here. The ceilings are a bit low. This is stupid. Would you like some meat? Yes, I would. Thank you very much. And I think I will have some cured meat as well. Is it tomboke meat? No. Is there cured ham? There's cured ham. Out of Old Seth for that three. You can have DM inspiration for the rest of the session. For that stupid joke. For that stupid joke. It was. That's what I said. Yeah, I know. So you get a DM. So you have DM inspiration for the remainder of the session. Uh, feel free to bank that and use it whenever you want. And Olsef also has a uh, pint of mead. You do. It, it's fine mead. You'd say it's probably about as good as yours from the keg that you purchased last week. And drank from earlier today. And drank from earlier today. It, it's fine. You are feeling just a little bit tipsy. Not as unimpacting you yet, but you're, you're feeling the alcohol. Um, on the north wall of this room, which is to give you some bearings, 
on your left as you enter, there's uh, a doorway and it goes into another room. You can't see a ton because it's kind of dim in this uh, basement that you're in. And the other room only has just one single lit lantern or candle. It's obscured and is on a wall uh, facing that you can't see when looking into it from this room. And the room that you're in has a fair bit of lantern light illuminating it. That's the only one. There's only one other door. Yeah, there's only one other door out of this room. Okay. <laughs> you want to go first or should I? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, since I look like one of them, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just go ahead. Okay. And I'll just saunter through the room holding like a Malawi or something, just gnawing on it. Just a whole, like, two... <laughs> just like a little, like... Yeah, a little... One of those you know, little ones. Yeah, a little, like... Okay. Like sure. a lamb Slim Jim. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you grab uh, one of the smaller pepperoni sticks and shouldn't shouldn't in Nordfeld it be something like a Landjäger I suppose yeah it should be uh, like a Landjäger yeah you grab a small little Landjäger snacking stick and mm -hmm. mosey on into the next room where although it's fairly dimly lit once you're in it uh, you can make out what this uh, was since it doesn't seem to be used that way anymore there are workbenches lining most of the walls and cabinets lining the others. There's a pretty strong smell of lacquer and varnish in here, and woodworking tools line the walls above the workbenches. There's some old vices, some lathes, and other more industrial tools down here. It's a bit cramped. And everything seems to be in fairly ill repair. It doesn't look like anything in here has been used for a while. But it also looks quite heavy and difficult to move out. Which probably explains why it's still here. Is there any other exit? On the far wall as you enter, so the northernmost bit of this chamber, there's a set of stairs leading up. I'm going to listen to hear if I hear movement up the stairs. Are you moving up the stairs at all yourself? No, I'm going to stand at the bottom and just try and listen for movement. Okay. Make a make a perception check. With guide. Um, twenty-eight. Hmm. Well done. As you position yourself at the very base of the stairway, you look up and the stairway is sort of an odd one. Very long and a bit shallow compared to a lot of stairways. I'd say it probably carries on about 15 feet, you know, in a forward movement. And there's a landing there. The top. So you see like this wall and then it you can tell that it branches off and it looks like maybe there's more stairs to both the left and right. Okay, do I hear anything then? 
hear just the faintest hint of some sort of movement. Can't really isolate. You can't isolate it. Yeah. It's very distant. I hear extremely faint movement up the stairs here. Oh. And it looks like it branches left and right. Well, perhaps we should continue. We did come in to the house to explore it. And, um, yeah. Someone will need to decide whether to go left or right. Oh. Nines? Let's say we go left. Good choice. So. Okay. Hey, well, let's stealth up. Okay. This point. Stealth up the stairs to the landing and then to the left. All and right. Go ahead and all of you make a stealth check. Let's see what happens, shall we? 13. 19. 5. Oh. Um. At least it's the one you know, that actually looks like they are supposed to be here. Yeah. Surya leading the way um, is the least quiet. <laughs> no, perhaps you haven't gotten back into that mentality of trying to be stealthy, having embodied, you know, one of their own for a few, you know, maybe 20 minutes now. Been in that form. As you get to the top of the stairs, Nines and Old Seth have managed to remain fairly quiet. You don't hear any movements or sounds or actions that seem to be reacting to your progress up the stairway. When you get to the landing and look up the left side, there are quite a few broken stairs. And they've collapsed in, cracked, are wholly missing. The staircase is, to put it mildly, incomplete. Maybe we should go to the right. <laughs> Let us at least smart. look that direction. Yes, we'll turn around and look up the other side. And see. To the right, and the same thing that you see on the right is mirrored on the left. The stairs continue up uh, three, four feet and then turn up the left side to the left. So they come up further, there's a landing, and then they, co they continue up the left. And the stairs in the right, or sorry, on the left, would have done the same thing except just mirrored. So they would have gone up the landing and then continued on up to the right. But the left ones are inaccessible. The left ones are inaccessible. The right ones are accessible, though. They seem to be intact and I'd like to look for paint cans on ropes and things. Make a perception check. 17. You don't see any signs of a booby trap. Yeah. There's nothing that's giving away paint can or otherwise. You don't see traps. Ah, if we well, were booby, we would not be trapped. Because we could oh. fly. What? Well, you say we don't see booby trap. Is there an assy trap? <laughs> Get up. Well, <laughs> you do not see an assy trap. Well, let's continue sneaking our way up. I'm going to keep my ears open for. Mm -hmm. We continue sneaking up to the right this time because there are stairs there that aren't broken. As you make your way up the stairs to the right, uh, you do hear some movement. You don't need to make a check for this or anything. It's 
fairly obvious. There's a closed door at the top of the stairs as they take a hard left and bank up. You hear movement and what sounds perhaps maybe like dishes. Like some sort of wooden plate. We might be by a kitchen. Oh, Nines, you are in luck. I do believe we are approaching a kitchen. I wonder if we'll have pretzel day there. Ah, perhaps. <clears throat> or at least some bread to go with do these want, cured meats. Do you want me to try and bring who's ever in there down below so we're able to like ambush them in like the workroom? Ah, that's a plan. Yes. Execute. Execute. I'll have you guys go back down to the workroom. We wait at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, like on either side of the door. Uh-huh. And I'm going to open the door as the bandit. Sausage hanging in my mouth. Okay. Um, you open the door and you see another presumably a thug for Cora Month milling about the kitchen gathering a couple of plates and fixing himself a meal <clears throat> hey there I was debating whether or not to make you roll to see how like good you're approximating the voice but you actually did fairly well the first time, so I'm not going to make this it really good. the same guy. Yeah, so. yeah. I had to think that through in my head. So, the guy, I mean, the guy looks at you. The other guy I, speak. I would have heard all of them speak at this oh, point. That, that is true. So you would have actually heard that. Perfect approximation. You could do a perfect approximation. <laughs> the guy fixing sandwiches? Hey. And just goes back to what he's doing. I need your hand down in the cellar. With what? I'm eating. One of the kegs sprung a leak. Oh, shit, no! <laughs> he, he drops his <laughs> tray, and he's just, everything goes to the ground. He does carefully set down the mug he had, and he goes rushing past you I down the stairs. follow behind at a respectful distance. Okay, now, where were you two? On either side of the door. In the workroom. In the workroom. In the work workroom. At the very, uh, right sure. at the bottom of the stairs. Sure. Mm-hmm. Were goes, we going to try to home alone him? He goes yeah. racing down the stairs. The door, but on the on the storeroom side of it, not you should, inside, you should so be, he can't see us while he's. There. You should be holding a rope between the two of you at foot level. That was part of our plan, was it? Yeah, yes. that's definitely part Absolutely. of our plan. I mean, you guys have, hadn't really talked about what your plan was. What was doing this. We're going to retroactively establish. We were walking down the the uh, stairs thinking about what we were going to do. I, I mean, you guys can have a moment or two while Soria is in, in, interacting with this other thug. I will take out one have of my 22 plan. foot pieces of rope. We'll double it up and hold it on. Hold it. Not well, not so it's up, but so it's just on the ground and not knotted <laughs> and not knotted. And so in case anyone comes rushing down, we can quickly tighten it at about knee level. Or we could just keep it tight. Yeah, but he might see it. He 
I think he's more worried about the mead. Of course, we don't know that. We don't know that, no. So in order to be real trappy, we'll keep it on the floor and be ready to pull it up. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe this would be the assy trap you were looking for. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so. I'll be following right behind him. Uh, the Columping down the stairs is... Someone is coming. Impossible to miss. And it is so loud we could not miss it. Uh, oh, we should definitely trip this guy. Yes. He comes running down. Did you all communicate about who was going to come first down the stairs? Nope. Okay. Then I want the two of you, since you're trying to I home had, alone this guy. I had that said that I was going to send the guy down the stairs. And you were following yeah. at a respectful yeah, distance. Yeah, you did. So you... Uh, um, <laughs> I want you guys to make uh, uh, dexterity check. check. But basically, I'm just looking for muscle reaction to what whatever's coming so down the stairs. So that's what I'm trying to approximate. How successful are you at unleashing your trap? Six. Six. I got a 14 for my dexterity check. All right. You are not the quickest. I feel like we only need one yeah. half of it to work. Or, uh, but but Nines and his apparently feline up. reflexes in this case are bailing you out a bit. And you manage to pull up half the rope quickly enough. And... He does, like, catch his foot on it and stumbles forward and kind of comes crashing down, but catches himself. So he's currently laid out on the ground, but, like, he tripped and didn't, like, take a whole lot of damage. He caught himself. He at most scuffed up his wrists. And that's, that's what you're able to accomplish uh, with this one. It doesn't seem Offer like he's noticed the two of you, though, <laughs> as he starts to quickly scramble to get back up and is laser focused on the other room. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say, you who have just fallen, <laughs> we will pay you, <laughs> we will pay you eight silver if you would leave Coromont's employ. Eight silver? Like, um, you gotta lowball it first. <laughs> oh. Make make a persuasion check. That's always fun. <laughs> oh, it's it's the best. As I come step. down the stairs behind, I'll go eight silver. That sounds like a great deal. Okay, it happened. It did. A net zero. Ah, uh, yes, a net one. <laughs> but he gets advantage because of what I said, right? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it did zero. Yeah. Quite the opposite of your intended effect of wooing him to your cause. You have scared the crap out of him. And that's, that's he, a good thing. He gets up, draws his sword and he goes, what the hell? What's going on? 
Uh, who the hell are you two? I'm I'm still on the stairs. Yeah, you okay? What are you talking about? Uh, while I pull out my handy dandy crowbar and I use my feline agility to run over to the keg. So the keg, you have, you're in the workroom. You were trying to trip him, right? Yeah. Well, then we were in the workroom. We were on the other end, weren't we? Yeah, we were on the inside of the workroom holding the rope. Right at right at the uh, at the door at the door. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so not near I'm, the. I'm just uh, trying to make sure that I now. understood right where you positioned yourselves. Right. Right. So and then he stumbled. He caught himself. Yeah. I managed to catch his attention. You run over, make a stealth check because I'm. I think I'm inferring what you're trying to do here. You're trying to paint the scene that. Uh, I got a 10 for stealth. Um, you know, it's so moderately effective. <laughs> so you have pulled out your crowbar, run over to the keg, and don't seem to have been noticed. All right, is he still threatening Olseth? Yeah, he's still threatening Olseth. Excuse me, bandit! If you don't let us... He turns around and looks at you now. I just kind of like threatened to jam the crowbar into the uh, mead. (laughs) All right. Ah, threatening the mead. I'll come down and stand next to him and go, not the mead! (laughs) (laughs) This is... This is such a good strategy. I love it. What strategy? Um, <laughs> whatever every, this one is, it's a good that. one. Absolutely every part of this plan it's has marvelous. failed so far. That Not every part. Accurate. I have held up my end. <laughs> yes, that's true. You have. You did get him to come downstairs. I have trapped him. Mm-hmm. You did. Well done. Yeah, I got um, his attention. What do you want? Uh, we want Koromomph, and if we don't get Koromomph, this meat is going on the floor. I look over at him panicked. <laughs> well, come on, we gotta kill him! But the mead? The hell with the mead? We gotta kill these two! Koromomph's not paying me good enough to fight two guys and we're gonna threaten our mead. Make a persuasion check. That one plus three. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you guys tonight. Um, all right. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> yep, that happened. Um, well, at that. I draw my um, weapons. <laughs> we're going to enter combat, and I want everyone to roll initiative, but I need to set up yet another combat. So give me one moment while I do that. Okay. Uh, back from that quick setup. And this is what you find yourselves in. Everyone, if you haven't already, go ahead and roll for initiative. Okay, that's a nice initiative roll. Let's start. You got, you got eight nines. Excellent. Eight nines. Also. Uh, 21. Wow, look Dang. at that. And Soria? 18. Okay. 
So first up is Ulseth. Soria, you are on deck and I'll be Thug's turn. So go ahead. You are there. Near. Yeah, you're there. That's the setup I tried to accomplish what you guys were describing. Mm -hmm. If I go here, do I get advantage because of flanking? Yeah, you would. Although he thinks I'm an ally right now. He thinks that it is not, in fact, true. Yeah. Uh, so do we work on what is true? Yes. Or do we do? Yeah. Oh, unlike real life. What is truth, <laughs> though? OK. <laughs> Why do you ask me these things? I, write, I raise Katirilar, um, but I'm going to use the blade. Oh. Well, just now and it will do less damage, I guarantee it. <laughs> if it hits. Uh, 21. That does hit, yeah. And we'll see what kind of lady damage we do here. Clown one. Ten. Wow. Oh. Astounding. Oh, no, excuse me, no, eight. eight. Oh, okay. oh, that was that makes far less dramatic. And far there's the Tabaxi God. Hello, our daily greeting from the Tabaxi God, who I think is going to be settling in over Hopefully. the in table. His... We'll see. Knock over Hopefully, it doesn't knock over anything. Eight damage from the first swing. You bring <laughs> Katirilar down, and you give him a slash across the back, and he yelps out in pain. Now, you can go ahead and press your advantage raise, if you'd like. Yep, Alashalar. Um, 19. Yep, still hits, yeah. Go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, seven. Okay. Wow. You do your your rolls are not terrible. Like above average. <laughs> Slightly is, above average. This is well. This is doing. This doing is well. well. This is what. Well, yes. This is well. You're doing <laughs> well. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn? No. All right. Soria, it is now your turn. It's gonna be his. I'm going to just back up and go. Oh God, the mead and back up into this room over here. Okay. Assuming he's not going to attack me. It, you, no, he, think, uh -huh. he thinks that you are an ally. He's abandoning him. And then I'm going to cast Thorn Whip, pull out my little bramble, whisper my druidic words to it, and then swing it out to lash at his feet with my long whip to get a nat 20. Uh, that will definitely hit, yeah. That's on the floor. But I rolled a five, so that's doubled to 10. Okay. And he is yanked 10 feet towards me, away from Olseth. Who gets an attack of opportunity? You do get an attack of opportunity. He's left your non-lethal space. Yes, non-lethal. We beat Go him ahead. up pretty good suddenly. Do I? Um, I don't have advantage. You don't have advantage on this one. Okay, I raise Katiralara uh, again, but use the pommel to strike him on the back of his head as he is pulled away from me. Sure. Um, twelve. Twelve actually does hit. 
they're not particularly well armored. Doing nine non-lethal pommage bopping. Pommage bopping? Pommel <laughs> <laughs> bopping. <laughs> as, as though you're proficient with a blackjack, you wield the pommel of Katiralar quite well and crack him at the base of his skull on his on the on the back of his neck mm-hmm. and he just goes and he's down okay can we get a special and, uh yep that was a, a lot of setup for... that was a setup for a like minute 30 long <laughs> fight unlike some of our other battles unlike last week's combat which flailed on for far too long as he tripped over barrels and embarrassed himself. We need a special feat that lets us do extra damage, but only non-lethally. I take the rope that I was You're holding. out of combat now. I take the rope that I was holding with nines. Yes. And Carefully uh, coil it. And, and bind his, <laughs> arm, his hands and legs. Very good. He... And, uh, you... Uh, He's put him on, like by the uh, barrels facing the uh, mead by any chance? Like prop him up and tie him up over there. I can. So sure. he looks like he's like after at, no, at the no, like on the uh, on the other side of the wall. Oh, like over here. Yeah, just like prop him up there and uh, get him stuck. Mm-hmm. After a, just a minute or two, you've had enough time to restrain him and lean him against the wall, and he comes to again. Are you gonna try to stitch up his slashy wounds? Yeah, I'll be ha- I'll be healing him, bandaging him up. All right, so you've got him pulled away a little bit from the wall, so you yeah. can like get to the wounds. Sure. Uh, go ahead. Well, you're not under any pressure right now, so I'm not gonna make you roll a medicine check. Okay. Y- this is fairly basic, you know, medical treatment. You're yeah. treating wounds and uh, presumably stitching them shut. So he's leaned up against the wall. You're treating his wounds. He's pissed off and All right. Uh, yelping. I take my crowbar and I just smash one of the uh, nozzles on uh, one of the uh, kegs. He's in a fair bit of discomfort with the slashes on his back that are now also being stitched up and without any sort of anesthetic because oregano <laughs> that does not help uh, helps me it, he's he doesn't have any verbalized response to this but he does seem to shed a tear as he's watching me drain out you did this <laughs> you wow you take some who are a wounded thug had the opportunity to earn eight silver and you had turned that down. Now, I will offer you three if you will answer nine's <laughs> questions. I don't have any other questions. I just wanted to make him feel bad. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> he, He's just sitting there, apparently processing his life and trying to reconcile how exactly it is that he got here. He came down the stairs. And then we try to Thank trip you him. for the literalism. <laughs> if you'll leave and not return, we'll pay you. 
He looks up at you, kind of reaching, uh, turning his head over his shoulder a little bit, and it's like, I'm not in any position to move. Fuck you guys. Okay, well, we'll right. just leave him there and we'll go up the stairs. Him, man. Once I'm done. He's not resisting. He's not fighting. Yeah. He's... He's got a couple of nasty slashes down the length of his back, and he's watching me drain out of a keg mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Right. If he's real lucky, he could fall forward. The cloth of the gag could soak up some of the meat, and he could have it that way. So... <laughs> but good. He, would, he would have to be lucky to do that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we covered that. All mm-hmm. right. Are we going back upstairs now? Yes, yes to the secure. Kitchen. Let's go back up. Okay, before I go up, I smash the other keg. <laughs> He's now sobbing. Oh. He's just sobbing. He is trying to inch toward the flowing mead. <laughs> I pull him back. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. <laughs> You're the worst. I think there's well Geneva There was an easy way to do this, and he chose not to do that. That was. Although it turned out to be pretty easy. <laughs> uh, so, you head back up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Into the kitchen. Are you trying to be stealthy at all? Yes. <laughs> I, that's always a sure. prompt for players. Please so, be stealthy. Basically, it, it's like, you... How... How badly do you want to mess this up? Do you want to try, or do you just want to keep charging I'll forward? mess it up pretty badly. 19. That one. <laughs> 17. I'm not going to try and be stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactively. I choose not to be stealthy, according to my dice. You... But you're still... Two of you are fairly stealthy. Surya, who I'm guessing is actually leading the way, because you are portraying one of their... Mm-hmm. You know, now run off compatriots. I'm gonna turn into the guy that we just tied up, though, because he was supposed to be in the house. In the All right. Yeah. His half-completed meal, which is mostly a selection of cured meats and some dry cheeses, uh, is is sitting on the counter, and you are in the kitchen. And we very quietly sneak up to the kitchen. In the kitchen, there uh, there are two doors. A door to the left and a door to the right. They are both, at this time, closed. You can't see what is beyond them. The kitchen is fairly stock, standard. Nothing too surprising. It is a large kitchen with two ovens and a fair bit of prep area for food. And what you... What Nines at least recognizes as an ice box. I don't believe the other two of you would have yet seen one of those. Hmm. But, you know, there's nothing particularly special, interesting, or unique about this. It's a kitchen. It's fairly broken down. And there are two doors. One on each side of the room, the north and south sides. Well, Seth, do I have time to make sandwich? I do believe so, yes. Is there bread? You just ate fish. I had to split it with like eight other people. <laughs> At least. Is there bread? Yeah, yeah, there's some bread. 
Okay. I slice off a piece of bread to go with the cured meats that I'm eating. You, you guys really I, I are quickly becoming like the wet bandits. <laughs> you, there is a sink. You, you st- no, there's not a sink per se. Yeah, um, but we said flood their you, floors. You, you did start to flood their basement, albeit with mead and not with water. Um, you are sitting down for a meal in their kitchen. And you're looking for anything you can to take. I want to listen to each door and hear if I can hear any movement. Okay. Is that while we're making sandwiches? Yes. On the north end of the room, which is on your left as you enter, make a perception check as you lean your ear to the door. Uh, 13. Okay. You hear... It's just sort of, uh, basically it sounds like a drafty room. A little bit of air movement, nothing really special. That's all, that's all you can really make out. No noise. At least anything that sounds like movement of people. It sounds like there might be a writing room in there. It but um, a writing room in there. Oh. It's drafty. Ah. I'm going to listen at the other door. Okay. Sound of a typewriter clacking away. <laughs> um, Ripping the sheets out, tearing go them ahead, up. Go ahead and make a perception check. Guidance. Nat 20 plus 9. Do you lean your ear to the door? And again, you hear very little. You hear the faintest sounds of what sounds like maybe someone sort of shuffling in a chair. It's kind of repositioning. There's someone named Very Little shuffling in a chair. <laughs> if he is very little, it should be easy to take. No, his name is Very Little. Oh. I heard him. <laughs> are you just Drax? Is that what you are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did he uh, adopt Stuart Little? <laughs> Maybe I should turn into a can mouse. You, can you move so slowly that you become invisible? Is that the next <laughs> thing you try to do? Maybe. <laughs> so that that is what you hear on the other side of the door. There might be someone in a chair. Well, if they are sitting, um, and they are very little, it should be should be easy to to bypass them. So do you want to? You want to go into the chair room? Are you still eating? I finished my sandwich. <sighs> I'm, are, you nice, are, you, are you done? I feel like I would have made a bigger sandwich than you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to. Since the the meats and cheeses were already sort of cut up, all you really had to do was cut off some pieces of bread. It didn't take you long to make them. However long it takes you to eat them is up to you. Well, um, Nine's made a very large sandwich. Why don't you two hide and I'll casually open. Okay. We stay um, along the wall <laughs> um, so that someone looking through the door couldn't see us. So it's, you know, the wall of the door. Okay. I'm going to really casually open the door. You open the door and... What you see on this side 
Although... Is this the southern or northern door? This is the southern door. Okay. What you see on the other side, although you haven't had too many opportunities, uh, neither you nor Ulsath, sorry. This is sort of an odd room to you, but the, most people would recognize it as a dining room. Long table, total of uh, ten settings. The chairs are in a variety of conditions. Some okay, most pretty rough. Actually, two china cabinets. Not that there's anything in them, but there are two china cabinets. As well as some sideboards on the edges of the room. And a door on would be the eastern side of this room, but midway down the wall. And it, that is what you see. It is an empty room other than what I have described. Empty. You see any other way out? Yes, to the east. Okay. Um, shall we try the same approach? Yeah. We go through the door and we will wait against the wall. First, so I'll listen at the next door. Listen you're again. Still coming along, or are you still in the oh, okay. Meeting? So you're continuing through these. Got it. Um, yeah. Oh, I took the sandwich with me. Oh, okay. All right. You're just That's dropping crumbs everywhere. So we know Make where to go check with advantage. With advantage, and guys, you already have like a target to listen to, so I'm giving you that edge. Um, twenty-seven. What you hear on the other side of the door is, you know, someone sort of very gently and quietly humming to themselves. Um, sounds like they might be munching on some food. There's a humming muncher. Sort of, you know, mm. you can hear them muncher. gently shuffling in some furniture. There's someone having a real good time. Eating, humming, shifting in a chair. Mm. What are they eating? What does it sound like they're eating? You, you can't tell what they're eating. They're eating a better sandwich than yours. What? What? I open the door. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Why would I say that? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys decide if you really want to do that. I feel like it was decided. All right. <laughs> you open the... Nines opens the door and walks on into the other room where there is another Coromanthian thug waiting. Nice, what do you see? He doesn't think... actually turn around and react to you just <clears throat> opening the door. <laughs> he hasn't done anything yet. <clears throat> All quiet in here, I'll say as I shove Nines back in the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you see that he's... He's basically made himself like... The banded equivalent of a charcuterie board. And he's just sort of grabbing some things and snacking on little bits of meat, cheese, a, bread. Fancy like gastronomic it. deconstructed and, sandwiches. And he's just sort of nibbling My on My sandwich construction is way better than that. Yes. I agree, nice. Are there any other you made doors? a beautiful sandwich. Just looking in the room fairly quickly mm -hmm. as you ask him, there is an open a doorway, a double wide. There's no doors here. It's a doorway. And you quickly glance that that seems to be th the front entrance. Which way? Straight across? It, it's on the north end of that room. So to your left as you enter. 
and it looks to be, you know, a fairly large entryway. You glance just the quickest look at a staircase that is on the west side wall, wraps up around it and goes up to another level. And it's a it's a large foyer. This is clearly quite a well off, well to do house. Also, if you should hit him in the head. That has seemed to work in the past. <clears throat> I will walk over around front. Hey, is that the last of the good sausage? Well, it's a. I guess it's the good sausage. Uh, there's a whole bunch of it. Help yourself. Oh, all right, I'll pick up a piece. <laughs> he's just sort of sitting here, and you notice that what he's doing is, uh, yeah, every once in a while he reaches over with a whittling knife, stabs a mm-hmm. one little bit of food, takes a bite, and then goes back to gently whittling away and making a little carving on the up what? end of a stick. It looks like it could maybe it's early in its early stages. Some sort of small like rodent, maybe a squirrel, rat, otter, just some small little creature. You hear about Sturm, Grimmy? What? The lake monster. Lake monster? Yeah. What lake monster? There's a big monster out of the lake called Sturm, Grimmy. Yeah. You've been getting into the the marsh weed again. Come on. Put that. Oh, I saw him. There's no lake monster. There's plenty of real monsters in this world. There's not one living in that lake. Uh, the guys have uh, watched the northern camp saw one. No, they didn't. They're full of crap. You know, I, I'm just stalling until you I'm just wondering which way is, no, is he facing away. He, yeah, he's, he's actually he's sitting on with his back to that doorway. He's mm-hmm. looking I'm, I see, off in the corner. I, he's just sort of whittling I, away. I creep up behind him, um, raising Kachiralar, and uh, get ready to do the old pommel strike. <laughs> the old distraction pommel strike. Yep, this okay. has been worked really well so far. Um, mostly. And I'm technically flanking him, I think. I, I'll allow it. Um, yeah, he's just sitting there in his chair, relaxed. Uh, in, in enjoying the day, basically. <laughs> Go ahead and roll for attack. Do I get advantage because I'm sneaky? Yeah, well, not because you're sneaking, but because you're, he is technically flanked, I think. Um, 22. That hits. And Katiralar's pommel does, oh, 12 pommel damage. You know, I'm actually glad you rolled really well, because now I don't have to set up another fight. You bring <laughs> the pommel of Katiralar down and pop him with one sort of... Almost sickening thud. Ooh, that was a sickening back thud. I hope neck. I do not hit it too hard. And he goes completely ragdoll, just over, and he's slumped over on himself. Storm Grimmy got him. I walk up and uh, try one of the sausages that was on the board. Pretty good sausage. Well, it's a spicy sausage. Hmm. 
That's I try some too. And I am pleased. <laughs> I am pleased by the sausage. You are. It's good sausage. Let's mm-hmm. tie him up and just keep him in like the stairs or something. Okay. Uh, I use them in with the other guys so that I could. They could help each other escape. This combat brought to you by this cured thing. meats. <laughs> <laughs> the cured anyway, meats lobby. I tie him up and take him into the kitchen and bind him to uh, one of the big tables there. All right. You're going to have to buy more rope. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can bind to that hardware store. <laughs> I'm, I'm not using a whole 50 feet. I'm just using like half of it. But now it's all cut up. Yeah, well... You can always buy more rope. Buy more rope. That's <laughs> that's the new slogan of the hardware store. You can always buy more rope. Mm-hmm. Bandit tying rope. We've got our hauling rope, our hitching rope, our bandit tying rope. <laughs> All right. It's made of silk. This it's is, softer and strong. This has been working kind of well so far. So let's walk into the foyer. Mm-hmm. I'll walk in. Okay. Yeah. The foyer is quite grand. It's got a beautiful staircase that wraps around uh, what is the westward wall. And then that wall is just ever so slightly curved. You don't know if it matches the shape on the outside or not, but it's kind of a curved wall. And this staircase wraps up around it, going to the second level. The floor beneath your feet is an intricately carved parquet woodwork and sealed and still stunningly compared to everything else around here is in near immaculate condition. It looks amazing despite all of these years as an abandoned home. The delicate etchings in it are still in perfect shape. That's the room that you're in. There is a door on the north wall of this room that is shut. It is a double door. French doors. That's out, probably. And there is the front door that you recognize from your time as a squirrel. And that sits on the east wall. That there were stairs? They are on the west wall. And they wrap up and around. Underneath the stairs, on the west wall, there's a glass door. Yeah, it's framed, so there's many small frames of glass. And a couple of them are broken, and that opens into the courtyard. Hmm, that's the drafty. All right, well, why don't we head up? Because that's probably where Coromon I agree. Nines, are you finished with your sausages? And sandwich? And meat? I guess. And fish? You may take what is left, I imagine, and put it in your pouch or pocket. But not the one with the spores. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heading upstairs then? Uh, yes. yes, I will go ahead and not be stealthy because I can't roll well on stealth checks. And right. we. How about the other two? I'm trying to be stealthy behind. Okay. Uh, hey, that's a 22. No, that's yeah, 22 for stealth. Uh, 15. The two of you are fairly quiet, minding the pressure on the stairs to avoid any creaky steps. 
you make nary a sound as you ascend to the second level. Asoria, about ten feet ahead of you, not trying to tread carefully, confident in her disguise, which is quite thorough, to say the least. When you reach the second level, no one seems to have come to examine the noises, and what you see is the room I described earlier that you could that you took notice of as a squirrel. The walls of this room on the eastward, sorry, the westward side, are lined with all sorts of varieties of wooden plaques, rests, and smaller examples of sigils. And then other shapes, trees, shields, all of these carved into wood, and they hang on the walls. There are some broken windows, the couple that were boarded up on this floor. You see, they, you see the broken glass on the side. Most of the windows are still letting a bit of light in, and they're glimmering off of, the light glimmers a bit, very finely finished furniture, the exposed wood, and what remains of some tattered pieces of cloth bound over a couple of old couches and a very nice chair. There's a well-worn rug, now seems threadbare and perhaps a bit moth-tattered, and a desk. Very nice desk, still holding up with its finish, covered in dust, but if you sweep a little bit of it back, you see that's quite a glamorous finish nonetheless. Even after all these years, whatever woodworkers lived here, they really did know what they were doing. And their work has held up to the test of time. Are there doors? On the far southern end of this room. This room is quite long, extending the entire length of the house. There is a closed door that is actually blue and covered with little white spots. The paint's peeling a bit, so it's hard to make out what imagery might have been here before. In the far north of this room, there is another door Matches the rest of the home. Doesn't seem unique, this one. Is that door is closed too, right? Yep, they're both closed. Um, I want to uh, examine the desk to see if there's anything in it. Um, I'll like look at in the drawers and sure. in the other little compartments and, and search for hidden compartments and, and false bottoms in the drawers too. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Um, as about to say guidance, but um, well, I'll let it slide. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, dirty twenty. As you start to rifle through the desks, drawers, and little panels, you quickly determine that this is not a desk of any mystery or secrets. It's just a very well-made desk designed for business, it seems. 
there's still a few bits of paper and scraps of old um, agreements and receipts that you find in the door in the drawers, which are mostly empty. Otherwise, a few quills, a dry bottle of ink, and uh, you also find a couple of uh, fairly well-made, but if you know, abused by the elements at this point. To drawing utensils. To for very precise work. Compass. To several different straight edges of various sizes. To, and uh, it would allow people to... It would allow the user this set of tools. Uh, the ability to make intricate, precise designs. Are they, are they so worn out that they're useless? Or are they still good shape? You ever, so to give you an idea, you ever got in a compass when you're, when you were in school mm -hmm. that had been around for like the last 10 or 15 generations of children? Uh-huh. It functions. <laughs> okay. It's done in great shape. Well, I mean, I mean. You can tell that it once was nice. Yeah. I report that, um. Well, although the desk is very well made, there is nothing of interest or use in it. Why don't you pick it up and take it? <laughs> it might be worth something. Do you want to investigate these plaques? I'm going... Well, he was investigating the desk. I was going to be listening to the blue door and then the other door. All right. Uh, we'll start with the blue door, since that's the one you want to go with first. Make a perception check. What you hear on the other side of the door is the movement of air. You hear some rustling of leaves. It seems whatever's on the other side of this, there's an open window to exterior. Whether it is a naturally opened a window or something caused by decay, you're not sure. You also hear a couple of wing flaps. Sounds like you know, maybe the size of a pigeon or dove might be nesting in this room. Our mouth turned into a pigeon or dove and nesting in this room. No, he is a shape changer too. <laughs> we don't know how to deal with those. No. On the perhaps heard of them. Before we go through the north side door, do you want to take any action with this, or do you want to go? Oh, I'd like to check everything out first. All right. So you want to go and listen to the north door? Yeah. Go ahead and make another perception check. Guidance. 25. The I'm, only, I'm good at The only noises that you hear through that doorway, the gentle settling of the house, or rather, unsettling of the house as it starts to warm up in the sunlight. Very unsettling over there. Oh, I do not wish to be unsettled. Perhaps we should go in and attack the dove. <laughs> we'll check out this dove first. All right, so going through the southern door, yes. the one that's blue, little white specks. Mm -hmm. Okay. When blue you... door and now blue door. Ugh. When you enter this room... Blue door? Um, <laughs> blue door. 
It's not something that you paid too much attention to as a squirrel. You were looking for entrances, and this didn't seem like one. Now, it's not very tall. You'd say, yeah, maybe 12 feet in height, but it is a, it resembles sort of the inside of a small tower. There's a spiral staircase that wraps up along the outside edge and steps at a small platform top. The stairs are small, slightly too small for an adult to easily go up. At least an adult human or drow or anything like that. Maybe this might be like a stargazing thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the blue dots with the white dots were stars. That could be child's room. I'll go up. Okay. You make Let's your see way. See if they like child and tower. It's a, it's a little hard. It's kind of like trying to sit in the elementary school chairs. Oh, I turn myself into the dwarf guy. You are smaller and it becomes a bit easier, although your clothes are a bit difficult to manage right now. <laughs> um, They're both I just walk up on all fours. That, that <laughs> is not how this works. My armor is for a medium type creature. <laughs> yes, but not this specific one. <laughs> you make your way up the stairs with just a little difficulty. And when you get to the top of the platform, I turn back into the guy. <laughs> you you see what was making that flapping sound. There is a nest of birds. Turns out to be a couple pigeons, and they have a nest with two eggs in it. They fly off as you startle them. And you see up here that there is an old tripod. Nothing on it. Looks like it could have had a mount for maybe telescope or some sort of uh, sighting device if you were trying to um, ensure that your arrows are flying straight and true. But you're not 100% sure what it could be. Some sort of. Yeah, but it does aim upward generally, and there is although it is larger than it seems to have intended to be. Uh, a hole with a retractable cover that would slide over it. Although that hole has, on the lower parts of it, expanded from rot and decay. And you gather this was probably some sort of children's observatory. Maybe I should leave my bulletta here in this nest. They seem to need it. <laughs> you yep. should take egg and we can have eggs for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> or we could have, there are pigeons. We could get carrier pigeons and they could come back to this abandoned building. <laughs> I'm just waiting down at the bottom of the stairs. All right. Yeah, I come back down and say, just some pigeons. Uh, nines, is that what you saw also? Yeah, so I got these two eggs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what you are? You're Grogu. 
You're Grogu with the frog ladies. <laughs> Children, that's that's what you are. Mines, put those back. Those pigeons didn't do anything. They flew away. They're not good parents. We scared them. Fine, I'll put them back and Thank I go you. back up. To... Do I need to roll a stair check? You don't need to roll. A, you don't need to roll a stair check. I will put it that way. I got a four on my stair check. You. You technically move up the stairs. You, you don't do it well, but you do accomplish it. All right, I just put them back and go down the stairs like a normal tabaxi. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll sure. make you ethically sourced eggs later. How are they ethically sourced? <laughs> ethically sourced eggs. They'll be, we'll pay the birds. What do all birds use money for? <laughs> uh, you know, like sticks and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> okay, shall we try the other door? <laughs> no, we, we just got some very important business to talk about. <laughs> okay, I will wait. <laughs> I will wait out in, in, the, in the room while you discuss this business. So I like the sticks like the dollars and the rocks like the coins. No, they use it for building material for their nests. So it's a barter system. Yeah, like ribbons, you know, sticks, bread, bread, bread would be good. That sort of thing. So how many of these things do we need to get egg? <laughs> oh, probably like three nice ribbons. I will keep that in mind. All right. Well, now we know the barter price of ethically sourced eggs. You do? Um, well done. Yeah, I'm going to go through the door. The south door. It wasn't the blue door, the south Oh, that's door. right. Yes. The north door. I'll go through the north door. Okay. You enter a hallway. It travels westward too very far 20 feet oh, and okay makes a sharp left lining the walls of this hallway <clears throat> on the southern edge of the hall a couple of portraits some have uh, some tears to them and then on the north side there are windows I want to look at these portraits as I walk in <clears throat> okay Although the images are a bit faded, they depict a fair-looking woman that has a bit of a rough-and-tumble hairstyle, and a, their cheeky, devilish smile about her countenance. So, sitting in a room that you do not recognize, not a room that you've seen in this house, but the decor of the room depicted in this portrait seems to match what you have seen in the house. In the center, the young boy looks to be maybe five, six, yes? and you get a sense that perhaps he didn't sit very still 
or Heber was doing the painting. As the details of his face are slightly less refined. And the painting looks much more done by guesswork and inference. <laughs> but it does resemble a bit of Coromanth. Mm -hmm. You see a couple of definitive features that you recognize from him. A little pencil mustache. No. A deep brow line. Oh. And a, and a cleft chin. Signature look of superiority. Mm -hmm. He, the, the child depicted in this, presumably Coromanth, uh, looks to be quite happy. And oh, that's not Coromanth then. Depicted with a very large, big grin on his face. It would be on the super far end, up if I turned into his mom. On the the <laughs> far end of this, continuing down the hall westward, you see a rather stern-looking gentleman, the well-kept beard, not very long, but uh, full. And even though the portrait gives this appearance of a stoic individual, some sort of uh, unmovable father figure, uh, his eyes seem to have a little bit of a glitter to them and softness in the features. Does he have a pencil monster? No. Oh. No, there's a, like I, as I described, yeah, a, yeah. a full a beard. Full beard? Yep. And that's, you know, that's a summary of the three portraits you see here. And you reach the far end of the hall really where there is a door now leading south out of this hallway. Back into the other room? You've gone oh. down this hallway, and now there is a door leading southward, presumably into a new set of rooms, chamber, okay. something on the other side. Are you going to do your listen thing? Yeah, I'll keep listening to doors. All right. You're pretty good at it. I'm going to listen for uh, Riders on the Storm. That dirty 20. Because I'm listening to doors. No. Okay. I'm just so mad at you right now. Uh, it. <laughs> you just, like, threw me <laughs> off so bad with that stupid doors reference. I'm just. All right. I think there is a break in the action. There is definitely a break. You broke the DM for a moment there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you hear this sort of soft muttering of people on the other side. And I get a guess more than, well, obviously more than one, but. Yeah, you hear two distinct people talking. It's very muffled. And you get the sense that they, yeah, you know how everyone kind of takes on the same qualities when they're trying to talk very softly so that they don't disturb someone else that sort of quiet whispering to the person sitting next to you in a theater or when you're yeah, the one that annoys us so greatly or when a child is sleeping in a room and the parents don't want to wake it it's that sort of talking you can make out that it's happening you have no idea what is being said a couple people on the other side 
I think we might be getting close. I bet we are. Just go in there. Should I go in as someone in particular? Well, that technique seems to have worked over and over and over and over again. It couldn't fail again at this time. It could not possibly fail. Oh, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps you should go in as a mouse. <laughs> have you have you used your? I have one left. Mm. I think you should just go Can in you become and let that us small? kill them. Wild for me, you? Yeah. I could become like. Technically, I can become any animal that doesn't fly or swim, so I could theoretically turn into like a beetle. Oh, but you couldn't be a fly on the wall. I could be a fly on the wall. That would be a fly. Oh, no, I couldn't be a fly. I'd have to be something that. Like, I could turn into like a centipede. Mm -hmm. Theoretically. Please don't. (laughs) Or a spider. Spider is more preferable. I ban centipedes. They don't exist in the world. <laughs> you want to sneak in and do a reconnoiter? Yeah, I can. I can do that. I'm. I am the rogue of the party. Apparently. <laughs> now, shall we wait here while Zoria becomes some sort of infinitesimal little insectoid who will do a reconnoitering? I mean, I think we should just go indoor. Well, okay. Here's a question: Is a like a spider called a a termed a beast? Or is it an insect? Because I can only turn into beast types. Well, spider's definitely not an insect. <laughs> an arachnid. I uh, turn into a tardigrade. <laughs> <laughs> it's a water bear. I mean, you can no longer conceive of the universe <laughs> at anything greater than... Also, an ad- I have to have seen it. To turn into it. Yeah, <laughs> so kind of, kind of a moot point unless you are secretly the wasp, I guess. Uh huh. Let me. I, I can't turn into a wasp. <laughs> we should decide upon a plan, don't you agree? Do you want I'm to... looking up what a spider. Do you is want to as. get as much info as possible, or just go? It is a spider Execute. is considered a tiny. Beast. So I can turn into a spider. Uh, according to the rules, you can turn into a tiny spider. Mm. You want right. to take time while Zarya becomes spider? To eat something. Woman. <laughs> well, we're just going to wander around house while you go get information. It's up to you guys. I don't have to scout. Okay, you. I just wander off. <laughs> I turn into a spider. All right. Like, how long do I have before I should come back? Like, 10 minutes. All right. Don't get caught or killed. Got it. I will sit down on the floor. We have been going for a while. So as you turn into a spider to scout out the other room, we are going to take our actual break, not uh, one of our uh, very short breaks that we've been taking. You need six more eyes. Please don't do that. I do not want to. I do not want to DM that. Please don't. Oh, okay. And we will be back uh, shortly. So, see you in a bit.
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through break. Hope you got yourself a refreshment. Use the bathroom, took your dog out. Maybe just decided to dance. But hope you got up and did something. We rejoin our players as they are about to enter kind of the last bits of the house here. After eating a red wall level of food. Yes, after eating a red wall level of food. <laughs> and you just turned into a spider, correct? Okay. And are you now crawling under the door? Don't do that. <laughs> you crawl under the door, and what you see is a long hallway. And on your right, which is the western side, you see a little alcove that juts out. And then go a little further down, and there's another alcove. And there's also three doors on your left, and a door at the end of the hall. I will crawl under the first door immediately to the left. Okay. What you see in that room? A bunch of boxes. Um, and bed. Two people. Well, one sitting on the bed, the other sitting on some boxes. And they're just sort of chatting. It doesn't seem to be about anything in particular. Just, you know, what's going on in their lives. They're personal thoughts on things. It's just a pretty casual conversation. What boys are crushing on? All right, one side. They look armed and like the other sort of guards we've seen, I assume. Yeah, pretty much the same. Nothing, there's nothing that sticks out about these two. I will continue to the next door, back in there. Crawling out underneath um, the door you came in through, into the hallway and moving your way up to the second door. This is a more orderly room. There's a impromptu wall made of some stacked boxes. It's a blocking view of one half of the room. There's a dresser on the other wall, which is the south wall. And this, this room is much cleaner, much more well kept than the others. Although, from your vantage point, you are blocked by the crate wall that is in front of you. You see the shadow of a gentleman as the, well, still fairly early within the sunlight hours. Uh, the sun is coming in quite directly through the eastward windows of this room. And there's a long shadow being stretched out. But you can't see who's casting the shadow. I will crawl along the side of the room. Okay. See if I can get a better vantage point. Do you make your way up on the wall at all? Or like what? A little where bit, you go? yeah. Okay. So you go over to the southern side of the room, crawling up the wall. This is... You've been small already. Not quite this small. Haven't done is see the world from the vantage point of an arachnid. Your eyes are a whole new experience. Never having 
before seen the world through more than just a pair of them. And now climbing up the wall at a scale that you've never understood. This is absolutely enthralling to you. And for a moment, you become sort of lost in this new sensation and make your way a little further up the wall than you intend. And when you look down, you catch a glimpse of your old nemesis, Coromanth, standing in front of the windows. He looks con contemplative, standing there looking out at the little central courtyard that's beneath the windows and not saying anything, just looking at the scene before him. Yeah, I'll back out and check the last room. Making your way back down, becoming more comfortable, more nimble with your eight-legged persona. You make your way into the last room. This room strikes you much more as a storage room. It's a rather haphazard. Crates, chests, boxes, barrels strewn about this place. Um, there are some that are open. Bits of straw hanging out the sides. And th there's not a whole lot to gather, especially at a spider's scale of this room. But it does seem to be a rather haphazard storage place. Do I sense anyone's in here? No, there there is a window in this room, just like in every yeah room you've been in, and nothing's casting a shadow that makes you think that there's a person in here. But it is a little harder to tell at the scale that you're at. I'll just climb up towards the ceiling to get a better vantage point, make sure we're clear before I head back to. Easily making your way up the wall and getting most of the way up now, more confident in your abilities. You gaze out over this room of uh, haphazardly placed boxes. Bourbon tech, I'm sure. It is indeed. Now that you are above it and can look down into them, the ones that are open are clearly filled with pieces of fervent tech not easily identifiable to whom they belong, at least from this vantage point. But they are indeed full of it. No sign of Otto. No sign of Otto. I'll check the door at the other side of the hall. All right. You go into this room. There is... It's sort of an odd room. Uh, not nothing like you have seen before, and it looks to be a bit of a service closet. There's a dumbwaiter in here. Not that you've ever seen one of those before. And you think this probably goes down into a corner of the kitchen, or perhaps a corner of the dining room, somewhere in that region, based on you know, where this is all fitting together. And it's otherwise completely dark. There's a it's really a closet. This looks to be where perhaps. 
Now, house servants might have been keeping things to clean up. But in this room, you find a bound and gagged ancient-looking turtle. You instantly recognize as Otto. I give him a salute. <laughs> Does not notice you. <laughs> a little spider leg waving. That's a good way to get smushed. <laughs> he doesn't notice you, and he doesn't seem to rouse. It looks like he's in an uncomfortable sleep. All right, I'll head back to the group. Hopefully Nines is back from wandering around. Probably went back and stole those eggs. <laughs> I think I would have gone into the kitchen and just stolen more food. <clears throat> There's plenty to take. But I will wander back at the same time. <clears throat> Soria, you find anything three doors down? I don't want to lose my last pile shape. <laughs> All right, I'll drop four. And you tell us what you found. I tell you what I found. So. <laughs> when, when the party is like, went, just tell us. I went door one, two people. Door two, one person. Door three, no people. Door four. I don't. Turtle. 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 Mm -hmm. The shell. So we're gonna. Are um, we gonna have to learn spider charades? No, I, I turned back into Soria. Yeah, but I'm saying in the future, do we need mm -hmm. to learn spider charades? We should probably learn all forms of animal communication. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> no. It, <laughs> Let's back out of that door and formulate a plan. I don't think we're actually in. We're not in yet? We're outside the oh, hall. That's right. You just went in. Yeah. I just went in to scout. <laughs> give us a sense of the land. <sighs> this right. is this is when we probably need a plan. At least the start of a plan before we end up so, not following the plan. There's two reinforcement guards immediately to the left when we go in. We could try to neutralize them first, but might alert Koromont, who could do something bad. Alternatively, we could sneak in, get Koromont, and maybe block the door so that the reinforcements can't get in to help. Third option, we grab Otto, the fervent tech we need, and just run away, because we don't actually have to capture Koromont for our mission. I do like the idea of not dying up here. Um, and we did come to find Otto and the piece of fervent tech that belongs to... Alric and Tibok. Yes. By Geld and Tibok. So, shall we attempt? But yes. We would also be leaving Koromont with a whole bunch of other fervent tech to do something most likely malicious with the those countries that hired him. It's not like his other guards were very good. That's true. I I personally think I trust Koromoth less than some dumb bandit guards. 
I think that we should try to get into Coromont's room and blockade it off while we take him on. I am concerned that if we go after Coromont, the guards will come after us, but if they cannot get in, they will harm Otto. That's true. Similarly, if we attack the guards, Coromont may harm Otto. Well, what if we go in and talk to Coromont and he'll call the guards in, which would put us at a disadvantaged position, but they would all be in one room. Let's just blockade Otto in. He's not going anywhere. We could do that. Maybe. Perhaps, but if there are two guards, they could easily remove any blockade we set up. Yeah. But, yeah, that's true. The safest thing for Otto, if we do care about the turtle, which we do, would be to have all of them in one room so that none of them can harm Otto. It just puts us in the worst position. It does. I think you should tell the two guards that they need to hurry to the storeroom because all the meat is leaking somehow. <laughs> I could do that. And then we rush in and kill Koromoth. How hard could it be? He's old. He's not that old, though. I mean, he's older than me. That's pretty old. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> we are appealing to the seven-year-old range of our audience. <laughs> Age is just a number. Some numbers are larger Very than others. important number. <laughs> All right. I can try to distract them, but you're going to need to be not visible. You need to hide so they don't see you on their way out. Well, should we go check on uh, Otto? If we can sneak all the way... Why don't you... If you two can sneak all the way across the hall without alerting anyone and get into Otto's room. Yeah, you can. Well, this is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. I have yet another idea. Execute. (laughs) Let's do it. Nines, perhaps you could keep watch on the hall on the second door. Zoria will go in, attempt to uh, persuade the guards to go after the leaking mead. If that does not work, I will go in and attempt to subdue the guards. But your job is to make sure that Koromoth does not attack Otto. If he comes out of the room, then you will signal us by yelling very loudly, Help! He is going after Otto, or something to that effect. <laughs> is that our... That's very subtle! Is that our <laughs> alarm phrase? Yes, that is our secret alarm phrase. Ah, <laughs> oh, after Otto! <laughs> okay. The presence of Otto complicates this considerably. Yes. All right. Well, why don't... Why don't the two of you, if you can sneak, sneak down to that second alcove so that if the guards come out of the room, they won't be able to see you. We will make that And then you'll be between everyone and Otto. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. I'm giving Nine's guidance on this one. And I'm staying back in the other room. And I am one of the indoor bandits. We're attempting to sneak out. I should probably bardically inspire Olsev so he doesn't blow our cover. He has DM inspiration, so you should inspire yourself. 
I can't inspire myself. I'm already perfect. <laughs> All right. I actually can't inspire myself. No. <laughs> no, I'm. I don't have anything broken like guidance. Well, you have my guidance. Oh, Seth, I must. I am. Am you I being good at sneaking? Am I being inspired? Oh, that is good sneaky music. <laughs> I feel much inspired in my sneakiness. I feel like this is impossible. You know, <laughs> I think I'm being generous, but you can have DM inspiration too. That was I true. Have, I still have it from the last song I played. I did seven. Well then, uh... <laughs> I still have you DM inspiration. That was my bardic inspiration. <laughs> you keep your DM. I did. I did seventeen sneaky. You make your way down the hall, and I got twenty-one sneaky. Both of you remaining. Well, you're surprisingly light-footed selves this evening, and you don't step on any freaking boards or. Loose bits that cause you to slip. Make your way all the way down to the end of the hall with hardly raising a noise. Okay, so we're down in that other alcove. You are. You want to put us there? Well, we're not really on the map. You're, you're not really on the map because it's oh. not combat. I will quietly make my way into that first room where the two bandits were. But if you want to, uh, let me go make a quick adjustment. And uh, since you are now entering a room with other individuals, I'll bring up the map. Give me a moment to make a short adjustment. I mean, you guys spent so long painting them. It's much easier just bopping distracted people one at a time. I know. All right. Now there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. We'll switch over here. And uh, that, that's where you find yourselves. The two of you are down at the far end of the hall in the alcove, and Soria has entered the room with the two bandits. I'm just peeking my head out. Okay. okay. Guys. They both look. They get up and quietly make their way over to you. I think breaking into that. What? So it's breaking in. There's a big kerfuffle that has, looks like it happened down in the basement. Oh shit! I don't want more moms. Right. <sighs> okay. Let's go take care of it. Come on. I'm going to go check on the prisoner, make sure that you here. You guys go back up. Make a persuasion check. 21. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, good idea. We'll go downstairs, check and see what happened. 
Ah, fuck. This is not what I wanted to do today. And they both go, um, quickly yet quietly out of the room. You can go ahead and take those two pieces off of the map. Question. Yeah. The door to the hallway, does it open in or out? Uh, this one opens in. All right. Is there a chair anywhere? Um, although there isn't one on the map, we don't have a chair piece. Yeah, you can uh, you just, can find a chair. I'm just going to wedge a chair under that door that they just left out of. OK, let's try and keep them from getting back in. Sure. All right. It's not too hard to do. And then I signal to the others. I actually don't know what she's saying. <laughs> Let's get closer. Maybe she can tell Clara. us. <laughs> oh, I understand that part. <laughs> what do you? Um, what do you want to do? All right. Let's get outside Coromont's door. We are outside. Let's go to outside Coromont's door. Do you want me to do any sort of changeling shenanigans or just go in and beat him up? Oh, you should definitely trust uh, transform into his uh, his mom wearing leather armor. <laughs> definitely. Like, uh, his mom's dead, right? Yeah. You, uh, you are all but certain she is dead. I can make myself like light blue and be like a ghost. Is this? Uh, you, yes, make it so. Okay, Charles Dickens. <laughs> I will. Go right ahead. All right, this is pretty weird, but I'm going to turn into Coromont's mom, but all light blue. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blue. All right. Um, based on the painting. Yeah, yeah, based on the painting. You make a pretty reasonable approximation of Cormont's mother, whom you believe to be Cormont's mother. Um, this is pretty messed up, you guys. <laughs> you are... I hope it works. You are slightly <laughs> pallid, I guess. It looks as though you've suffered, like, severe... Oh, no, I'm making like, myself, like, blue. Hair blue. Skin blue. So, are you going, like, um... I'm, I'm tri like blue man group. Yeah. Are you going like full blue man group here? Like how blue like, are we like, like a sort of like a pale sky blue, you know, like like Aqu like aquamarine. No, no, no. Like paler, like like, like the filter they used, kind of the, blue. The filter yeah. they used in the Twilight movies. Yeah, I'm like the filter they used in the Twilight movies. All right. You are the shade of a stock blue filter over camera lens. Um, you're now excellent for shooting moody vampire teenage romance films and automotive features. That's your color. I don't think this is going to do anything helpful. It can't hurt. Can it? <laughs> I feel like you might be extra angry about this. Well, his frill old man, what is he going to do? You know what? Kill us? You Let's know just what? go in. No, I'm going... Is. We're committed standard now. Standard Soria. 
He knows I'm a changeling. Mm -hmm. I'm going for the first time ever. <laughs> Just be my normal changeling shape. Wow. For the first time we've ever had you on the board as your character, you actually look like the figure that represents uh -huh. you. And I wow. think you two have seen me in my normal changeling shape about Twice. 10 seconds total. Yes. Well, this should throw him. <laughs> All right. Well, Seth, you go first. I don't want to get killed. I'll go in first. Are you, are you just going to politely going to... go in or are you going to kick the door in? No, I'm going to politely go in. Knock. Oh, okay. We don't want to be mean or anything to Cormom. Respectful. I'm being respectful. Um, respectful knocking. Okay. If you want to, I will knock on the door. And we'll bring him closer. Mm-hmm. From the other side, hear a familiar voice. May enter. That works. <laughs> I enter. <laughs> we all follow. Yeah. Should I? Carmont is, yeah, you can go ahead and reveal that panel. Hmm. Uh, place place Carmont closer to the window, if you would, and facing away from you all. Thank you. Are you all going inside? Yes. All right. I am. I'll Great. As well. So, you have entered. You've entered the room with Cormont. Okay, I did not expect it to go this easily. What do we do now? He doesn't you. move from the window, nor change the direction of his gaze. He doesn't even pay you Just mind. Just push him out? I would have thought the three of you have been a bit more of a, a problem than you actually have been. What happened you to mean your to say fourth that we are more of a problem than you thought we would be? <laughs> you never fail to be exhaustive. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Does that mean what he has the exhausted the... condition? On? No, he does not. Uh, perhaps that could be our mercenary group name. The exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the? Little annoying green one. The one who stabbed you in the back? Yes. Him. He's on another mission. A special assignment He's... to the royal family. Let's just say your old home is about to burn down. Hmm. So he got arrested, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> No, wait, no, that wasn't the right word. Who do you work for, Koromon? At this point, he turns to face the three of you. Me? Well, people I work for... a tad more powerful. Resourceful. Certainly three of you. The Koromon Republic? Kosteria? I have many clients. My talents are in high demand. Principally, I work for myself. Simply, contracts. Ah, so do we. We have much in common. What, do you have a team name? You are not entirely incorrect. Hmm. We're not 
all that different in our lines of work. Wait, are you the salt worthy? Because <laughs> oh, no. that's a dumb name. <laughs> well, once we find common ground. What are you doing with the fervent tech? Moving it to highly motivated benefactor. How motivated? Coromanth. Extremely. No. Coromanth. Elaine misses you. He doesn't respond to that. He does seem to have a little twitch. Madam Grange does as well, Corin. Again, betrays very little other than a slight movement of his lip. Make the three of you an offer. Oh. Oh. I hope it is more than three silver. Since you've been <laughs> skulking about these grounds, buying off men, subduing others, eating your sausages. I hope you enjoyed them. Mm hmm. Spilling your mead. My operations are nearly at an end. I have only a few more things to move, and then I will be gone from this city forever. I have kept your portal friend alive. You may take him with you. Walk out the same way. And... I will leave with all of my technology, and you will leave unharmed. Nothing more shall befall your friend, the Crestmaker. I could kill you all now. I don't think you're going to get a better offer. So, what shall it be? We have a contract on some of that tech you've stolen. That is not part. Unfortunately, it is ours. Yes, it is simply two items. Two items that I am sure are not incredibly valuable to you. Mm. Such simplistic ways of perceiving these things. Mm. Sometimes the simple way is the easiest way. Sometimes the simple way is the best way. Sometimes the simple way must be the way we do it now. Well... Will I take that as a no? Ah, Pierce, let us tell you at least what the items are. I think that we had a bargain yet to be made. There is no bargain. There is my offer. You can take your turtle and leave intact, and I shall not bother you again. Hmm. Or I shall cut you down here, for I am tired of dealing your problematic visages. While he's tirading, I'm going to whisper a few words into my hand and blow fairy fire over him. Oh, I thought you were going to charm person. If I'm not mistaken, that's no. a reflex save, is it not? Uh, yeah, it's dexterity. Yeah, yeah. Dexterity saving there, excuse me. Playing too much Pathfinder lately. And 15. what? Save? Okay. As you do that, 
he nimbly dodges out of the way, performing a deft backflip into the other corner of the room, if you wouldn't mind moving him over there. Right. And says, do that? No. I see you've made your choice. Roll for initiative. Negotiations. We're going nowhere. I rolled it. I rolled an all Seth roll. Or so are these now aggressive negotiations? Yes. Yes. Twenty. I should have been. And nines? Nine. Hmm. How perfect. Only it was a nines plus one. Well, Seth, you are uh, quickest to the jump, and you make the first move. Go ahead. Okay, well, I um, move up to him. You who are Koromans, if you had only added the Tibok orb to your offer, we would probably have accepted it. You have one last chance as I, as I raise Kitirilar. He doesn't seem to react at all to your offer, simply staring you down. Um, what was it? 24. That hits. Go ahead and roll for damage. Um, 10. Okay. 10 slashing Katiralar damages. As you swing down with Katiralar, you catch him, if just barely, and slice just a little into his clothes, cutting only the outer layer of skin, drawing blood, but not much. Uh, anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Yes, I raise a Lashalar. All right. Uh, that does not work. It's a nine. Okay. Uh, that does not hit. So on your swing forward with your offhand, you find nothing but air to grasp at. And that brings up Coromont's turn. Now, he spins around you. And the movements of him are much quicker than you anticipated. He, as he... He is very fast. As he deftly and nimbly moves around you, well, it's almost like a strange sort of dance. And you can't quite predict where he's going to move next. And he lunges out at you but with a sword that he has drawn out from his cane. Oh, he's one of these kind of guys. Sword cane. Probably. Bought one of the Ren coolest Fair. people on the planet. <laughs> uh, that is a natural 20. Well, oh. that is wonderful. And that will be... <laughs> Maybe I'll heal you this time. Uh, five damage as he stabs into your shoulder blade. It appears that uh, he's not necessarily trying to incapacitate you immediately. 
but he makes a quick stab at your shoulder. He then uses his bonus action to uh, disengage from you and move towards the other two. Do I get an opportunity? No, not with disengage. How far oh, is he Oh, that's right. He's disengaging. He moves um, basically to block your way into the room and in between the two of you and kind of those crates, making a, as much of a wall as he can. Like that? Yeah, kind of like that. And at that point, he uses a layer action. A what? A, a layer. layer action. Yeah. He's not messing around. Wait, just gonna try to kill him in his own house? He says, I might uh, be a little out of shape. And this house has certainly seen better days. It still has its uses, though. And he stomps his left foot, and it looks like he was trying to hit a specific place in the floor. And as he does so, the floor sort of shakes and crumbles, and now it falls out. And there's open f floor there, down to the room below. <laughs> Cutting off some of the passage. Nines, it is now your turn. Uh, can I use a bonus action to disengage too? <clears throat> That's a rogue thing. That's a rogue no. thing. <laughs> well, I have disengaged, but I it's don't a, think I can do anything after that, right? It's a standard action. <clears throat> yeah, every, everyone can use it. That's non-rogues. Yeah. Uh, but not as Dang bonus rogues. action. Well, since he's right there, I am going to uh, pull out my rapier and attack him. Okay. Go ahead. Make a swing. And that's just 11. As you slash out with your rape here, making a admirable thrust, he nimbly dodges uh, to the left, avoiding the blow entirely, and just looks at you and goes, practice, my boy. No. And <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Uh, no, I'm too surprised by how he's acting. All right. Sorry. We could just push him out a window. You are up. And then, Ulseth, it returns to you after this. I am going to try and step around here. I think there there is enough room. He could not fully block that large of a space. And then... I'm going to leave his area of his, uh, yeah, his, uh, I'll proc an attack of rocks, opportunity, yeah. which he will, he will take. And what's your AC? Well, that will just barely hit just barely. And 
he doesn't hit you with his sword. He instead hits you with the shaft of the cane, dealing four damage to you, bludgeoning, as he smacks you across the side of the face. You had your chance. And is there anything else you'd like to do? Yes, I'd like to take my action. All right. I am going to <clears throat> reach out and since then this touch is, someone. <laughs> since this is a fairly um, old house, I'm sure there's all sorts of plants that have taken root in parts of it. There are I'm many going plants. To yes. Call out to them in my druidic okay. and will them to entangle for a month. All right. That is a strength saving throw of 15. Okay. As the roots kind of start uh, moving in from the woodwork of the floor and down the sides of the walls, creeping towards him at a really quick pace, he sees this coming and as the first few grab onto his feet, uh, he twists, pulls, and uh, slams his uh, cane stub down, and then uh, repels this. I thought he'd be bad at strength. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he is. He just rolled quite well. Dang it. All right. Well, then he I'm does not look particularly buff. I'm going to take my bonus action and call upon my Balm of the Summer Court to heal Ulseth for hit points. All right. As you feel a bright summer's breeze wash over you and your wounds. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to do? That's all my action. And then it returns to Ulseth. It's your turn. With a, you know, one-story drop in front of you and some beds and a crate kind of blocking your way otherwise. Mm. How would you like to navigate this? It looks like I can uh, flip between the bed and the crates and the hole on the floor. There is that possibility. Yeah, I will make you uh, do an athletics check to keep your balance. It's a fairly narrow little okay, strip there. What I there. want to do is get on the door side of Coromon's. All right, okay. you should have just enough movement to accomplish that. Well, uh, 15. It's a close, tight walk as you wobble and weave, but you manage to make it across that narrow gap uh, well yeah. enough. You want to be like there? Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> I'm going to attempt to push Coromons down the hole. All right, uh, we'll call that a grapple check. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and make an attack with your strength bonus. And it will be opposed with one of his abilities. Uh, 22, should I use my uh, Bardic Inspiration? That's up to you. 22 is pretty good. You have your DM inspiration. Mm, add that to it. 
28. Nice. You, in your very quick movements, you come around and give him this. Yeah, basically a Sparta <laughs> kick here. And you knock him back. And he starts tumbling backwards. But as he's on the tip of the edge there, he manages to regain his balance and move forward. However, you did uh, kick him hard enough where go ahead and roll a d4 for damage and add your strength. Eight. Okay. Solid kick. Okay. Mm-hmm. For a moment, he appears a bit winded, uh, and some air escapes his uh, lungs in a quick burst, just <laughs> as you knock him back towards that edge, not falling, but taking a solid hit nonetheless. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I think he made a deck save. Mm-hmm. Um... Maybe get in range of him. Or that probably used all your movement. I can. No, I have. Um, oh. This would be the time. If there's any time. Action surge. Action surge. <clears throat> should I attempt to push him down the hole again, or should I just. His dex is pretty high. Yeah. Okay, I use my action surge moving forward and use it to attack with both my main hand and off hand. All right. So I raise Katiralar and miss. <laughs> what was the result? Eight. You do miss. But I raise Alashalar and get 20. Although you find nothing but air with your first swing. And Koromanth, doing his now somewhat predictable deft movements out of the way of the blade, he seems to have failed to account for your offhand as you find purchase in his stem. Go ahead and roll for damage. Uh, five. All right. Nicking him again, this time across the cheek. He has a little streak of blood and a cut down uh, his right side. Anything else you'd like to do? This will stain your suit. I suggest that you stop now. I think he has a gleaming suit. Oh, that's right. He is gleaming. If you pay attention, you notice that nothing seems to stain this suit Mm -hmm. as it touches it, because there is blood. It's not immune to damage, so you have cut it, but nothing is staining it. Anything else you'd like to do? No. Okay. That brings up Koromanth's turn, then. Mm-hmm. Koromanth uh, looks at you and the other two and says, you are all absolutely foolish. And opens his uh, turn by taking his bonus action to disengage behind you. Behind also? Yep and moving around you, sliding between your legs, emerging on the other side and backing out of the doorway. (sighs) Have a nice trip. 
and he stomps again using a layer action mm. and I thought layer actions had their own initiative. They do have their own initiative. But they are like together. And the way that this initiative came together. Yeah, he's basically in the same turn. It, yeah, he and his layer action are on the same turn. Mm-hmm. And he stomps his foot again. This time the floor trembles and I need both nines and Ulseth to make a dexterity saving throw. Seven. Sixteen. Okay. The floor opens up underneath you, and Ulseth, you're so caught off guard by this that you try moving towards the edge, but the wood gives way before you have a chance to move. And Nines, you have those sort of feline reflexes. Jump back and away. As I fall. As a hole opens up, Underneath, Save Otto. And he goes tumbling to the floor below. You take four damage from the fall. You are now in the first floor, uh, kind of on the edge of the kitchen, and alone in that room. Well, nines, you are standing in the corner, sort of uh, trapped, blocked by a hole in front of you but otherwise unharmed. Coromanth uh, s- simply laughs and goes, <laughs> foolish amateurs. And he goes out of sight down the hallway. I want to see if I can jump through the uh, doorway. Um, all right, so you want to make a, a like leap that. over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is, uh, it is now officially your turn. Koromanth chose to take no more actions, and uh, you can make that. Why don't you roll a, we'll call it an acrobatics check for this one. Just to be nice. I, I'm picturing this more like a... You know, like a gymnastics thing or a parkour thing rather than some sort of leap of strength. I'm trying to judge it based around how the character Uh would attempt this. Yeah. Uh, I got a 15. Okay. You make that leap into the very hard to navigate space, but the claws of your feet just barely managed to hold on and you wobble for a second and then kind of fall forward having made that leap. It, I'm going to say that it takes fully half of your movement this round to accomplish that little bit, but you are on the other side. You now have visibility again on Coromanth further down the hall. Uh, now that I see Coromanth, I want to cash Tasha's hideous laughter at him. 
Okay. Like Goromonth. What do you call a tortle chef? He simply raises an eyebrow at you. A slow cooker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you better roll a disadvantage. Did you just come that? up with that? No, I've heard it before. Okay. I had not. That was a good one. Well done. Uh, is that a 14 wisdom saving if, throw? If he doesn't totally no, crumple for that. I don't know what. Okay. He raises his eyebrow at you and goes, hmm. a solid bit of humor from the cat, but seems otherwise unaffected. Move away. supposed to be on the floor laughing. There's a nat 20 on his saving throw. <laughs> of course. Move away from the door so I can try and jump in. Uh, I just take, I move forward two squares. Back. And yeah, that will end my turn right now. Okay. Uh, that brings up Soria. It is your turn. Being nine, so definitely jump across. I'm going to try and do the same thing. Oh, great. Everyone's going to leave me alone. I'm going right. to die you, now. You'll need to move into a position where that's feasible. Yeah. And there's... What I'm going to do is... I'm going to tell you from that particular angle, it is going to be really hard to try to get around that door. That that would be easier. I'm just going to go oh. for it. I'm just trying to make a run and jump. Duck in here, otherwise. All right. Uh, why don't you make an athletics check on that? What? <laughs> Not acrobatics. <laughs> I'm parkouring across the hall. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to go by the way you described it to me, yeah. that you were just going to jump across. Nine. All right. You, you don't have much of a running start on this one, so you reach the other side and... You haven't gone quite far enough, but you've gone far enough where you've grabbed onto the edge. Okay. And you can use the rest of your movement to pull yourself out, but that's all the movement you have. But I'm on the other side. You are on the other side now. And I can see Cormonth. And you can see Cormonth. I'm just gonna try and entangle him again, because I feel like strength is gonna be his weakest stat. All right. I fall on the the plants to grab around him and hold him down. Okay. 15 strength. Save. This time, you call out to the plants and urge them to to come from behind where he is, trying to be a little bit more sneaky with your approach so that he has less time to react. And a root, a thick, gnarly-looking root structure weaves its way up through the floorboards and wraps itself around Coromont's oh ankle, as do several others then quickly. He looks momentarily stunned and then just snaps his head up and glares at you with a look of contempt on his face. He is restrained. He is. And we find that status effect. There it is. Do the honors. He is restrained. 
so he can't move attacks against him have advantage and but he can make a strength check each turn to mm -hmm. and I mean that's my turn and my last spell okay Ulseth down below um you're in yeah, the initiative track here. Uh, however, you're largely disengaged. <laughs> I'm what? Get some sauce? Oh, yeah. You're in the initiative track yeah. still, mm -hmm. obviously, but you're largely disengaged from the combat, being on the floor below. Uh, what do you want to do? I want to head back upstairs. I know the way. I've okay. I've done that before. So you're using full action and movement and everything to get that back up as there? I'm moving okay. as far and as fast as I can to get back up there. You... You are able to make it all the way into the foyer. Yeah, dashing as quickly as you can. And about halfway up the stairs. Well, that's I closer than I was before. Turn or two. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of piecing it together distance. I'd say you could make it to the top of the stairs in a single round using dash as your action. Mm -hmm. So you're all the way up the stairs and are in that uh, sort of odd office area that you'd seen with all the wood plaques. Okay. Okay. Coromanth, looking deeply frustrated, tries to wrench his feet out from these things uh, and fails to pull his legs out, stuck there. And and that was his action, right? Uh, yeah, that that is his action. He has no movement. He failed his strength saving throw. Yeah. And he looks at you, says, didn't want to do this. I suppose price must be paid for success. No. And he takes his cane and slams it down <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> I'm sick of this blinding stuff. It's not what he's doing. Oh, okay. I and he slams it down on the ground. And this time, um, you all hear this rumbling and rattling. And this cloud of dust emerges out from underneath the third doorway in the room that you can't see into at the moment. That's still blocked out. This cloud of dust starts emerging under the doorway. And you, this rumbling continues for, like, it, it doesn't... It, Within this six second round, it doesn't stop. <sighs> there will be some damage, but the clients will be pleased nonetheless. And that will conclude his turn. By the authority of the Agmar Nodal, you must surrender now. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. Um, Nines, it is your turn. Uh, I am going to run at Coromanth uh, here. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you should probably get the chair you shoved in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I, I'm surprised also it didn't run into two cards on his way There, well, uh, not that you would technically know this, but they are down in the cellar uh, dealing with 
the loss of all the mead and spoiling food and a guard who's tied up and <laughs> trying to lap up mead from the soaked <laughs> stone and dirt floor. It's not a pretty sight. And uh, I'm going to attack Gormoth with my rapier. And I believe you get advantage because he's restrained. I think restrained does that. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure that does. Yeah. Yeah, they all have advantage. And his attacks have disadvantage. That is correct. And he has disadvantage on dex saves. So, you know. And uh, you said with uh, inspiration, uh, DM inspiration, I get to reroll? Uh, you can advantage? you can add a d6. All right, that's going to be a total of 16. Uh, as you s slash out, he doesn't have a whole lot of room to move, but he does dodge just a little bit out of your way. All right, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I actually do have two uh, weapon fighting as a bonus action, and I'm going to attack with my claw since I don't have another weapon equipped. Ah. Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, that one's not going to hit, but... <laughs> well, my highest was a 12, so I'm not going to do much. Swinging first with your blade and then with your claws, you find he's still uh, quite a nimble opponent. Sit yeah. still! I'm trying to kill you! <laughs> I prefer not. And well, you should. Does that end your turn? Yes, it does. All right, Surya, it is your turn. Question. Yes. Can I target a chair with my thorn whip? I don't see why not. Okay. I'm going to go... Uh... And I should be just in range to pull out my thorn whip and pull that chair 10 feet towards me. Do I need to make a spell attack against an, a you chair? You don't. Okay. Um, you Good. pull the chair out <laughs> and it clatters into a corner. Uh, the door is unblocked. Um, and since I'm holding concentration on Quaramon, I'm gonna just duck around the corner here so that you can't throw something at me. <laughs> All right. Anything else you'd like to do? That's that's it for now. Okay. Well, Seth, that brings up your turn. Should I assume that you are using moving. your full round to move? I am moving as fast and as far as I can to get back to where Coromont is. All right. That will bring you down around the hallway and just on the inside of the door which is now free and clear of a chair. Outside or inside the door? Outside. You, you have it correct. Oh. Anything else you have uh, up your sleeve you want to do? That was your action? That was my that full was full action. That was full action and movement. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything else, but I always double check or try to. So that brings up Coromont. <sighs> 
<laughs> well, he attacks with disadvantage. He does. This is, I admit, slightly more frustrating yeah, than I would enjoy. I believe. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be in your face either. That's usually Ilsef's job. <laughs> yes. I usually just hurl insults. I haven't had a chance to do that yet because your jacket looks ugly. However, I have a tight schedule to meet and I really must be going. No, you can stay here. The <laughs> um, uh, Cormon triggers a layer action underneath himself. And he opens a hole in the floor underneath him and he falls through. This breaking of the floor disrupts the entanglement that's on him mm -hmm. as it breaks uh, all the vines and roots that have wrapped around his uh, feet. I was hoping he would like dangle. <laughs> when he when he lands, he takes a little bit of a hard landing and you hear sort of a <clears throat> But he looks up at you and says, Au revoir. I hope we don't meet again. And then dashes out of sight on the lower floor. And they're off towards uh, the dining room. So he's out of that area. And you in mind placing one of these black squares Just in that in space. Of nines. Just in front of nines, yes. And that ends his turn and brings it back to nines. What am I supposed to do with that, Soria? You just fell down a hole. I don't know. You ruined my spell. That was a good spell, too. There is no way I can climb down in this position, is there? Um, you you could probably use some of the remaining strands of entanglement okay. vines that are still there to lower yourself down. Okay. It would take quite a bit of your movement speed to accomplish that feat. And I would ask you to make a, an athletics check to try to slowly lower yourself down. Don't Tabaxi have reduced fall damage from, a, from certain heights? No, we all just have feather fall. So you just think that we have reduced fall. Oh. If you want to try to climb down, that's how I would rule it. Uh, I'm just double checking because I think there actually is an ability that specifies that you can... a climb check. I just have no idea where it went. I think. Uh, cat's claws do give you a climbing speed of 20 feet. So that would give you, I'd say that you could probably, since you're using a vine, it's a little like hard to rule, but I'd say you could roll the athletics check um, with advantage. That's that's how I'm going to kind of split the difference on this ability in this scenario. All right. Uh... With that, it'll be a dirty 20. You manage to make your way down these vines and drop to your feet on the floor below, unharmed, no damage. Um, and you find yourself 
uh, right on the edge, uh, not really on the edge, you're a few feet into the kitchen here. The door is open, and it looks like Coromonth probably ran in through the dining room that you encountered earlier. Right, do I have enough room to go through there to see if he's in that room? I'd say you still have... Uh... Actually, I would have double movement. I have my uh, feline agility still. You do still have that if you want to use it. Um, um, yeah, I'd activated it already. And, yeah. once you... um, it resets if I yeah, don't. Move. I was just reading the ability and he can use it again at this point. Since it all that it requires to refresh is uh, you can't use it again until you move zero feet on one of your turns. I'll say since the last time you did this, uh, like combat had ceased. Right. Um, that would count to reset the ability. And that allows you to, uh, I would say your full movement speed, it took you probably 15 feet worth of movement to get down there with your cat's claws abilities, the advantage, trying to trying to give you the benefit on that racial trait that Tabaxi have. You have 45 feet of movement left. Uh, I go towards the dining room. All right. Do you go through the door? It's open. Yeah I, go th yeah, I go through the door. Okay. You're in the dining room. The door on the uh, wall to your east, which went into uh, sort of like a parlorish area. It's where you found the guy whittling. Um, that is also open. And you still have like plenty of, you have about 35 feet of movement left. Uh, yeah, I'm going to run towards that direction. All right. As you go into that room, you notice that one of the windows on the inside, um, the wood covering the the window is hinged and is now held open. And do you move towards the window? Yes. Okay. As you look at the window, you kind of hold the flap up a little bit higher. And do you see uh, a cart, a, a fairly large cart drawn by two horses speeding away? He is fast. Well, I give up then. <laughs> and there you are. <laughs> <laughs> I All guess right. I will go back and he, meet up with... Was the cart full of stuff? The cart was definitely full of stuff. I, I did not mention that, but it was full of things. Uh, it was um, haphazard bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. but things. Are we out of combat Oh, now? wait. Uh, how, how far away was the cart? At this point, it was probably 100 yards away. These are okay. horses moving at full sprint. Their movement speed is fairly significant. And I, I think that's going to bring us to the end of combat. Uh, do you all regroup up on the second floor? I think so. As much as we can, yes. given all the holes in the floor. Uh, do I see this cart taking off out one of the windows or am I facing? It's going in the it's going towards Nordfeld. 
the, which is not the way these windows okay. are facing. These windows are facing westward, which is away from Nordfell. I want to take my time to get around and just look inside the room that had all the fervent tech in it, that had all the dust come out. Okay. Um, when you look inside that room, you see that the there the like whole floor has kind of collapsed and but in a strategic way where the center floor dropped down at an angle the other two dropped in and it crashed through the side of the building and out into where you can presume a cart was waiting there's still quite a few things just smashed and cluttered here. It was hardly a neat escape. But you're seeing the um, engineering elements that Koromonth brings to his plans. Did it look like there was some fervent tech that didn't make it into this? Oh, yeah, there's there's plenty of fervent tech that did not make it into this cart. Koromonth hardly got away with his full Paul, there's quite a bit left. It's a mess. Some is smashed. You don't know if it's damaged, but there's a big old pile of boxes, crates, barrels and such. While that's going on, I uh, go into the room where Otto is and untie him and see how he's doing. You open that door and Otto takes his first uneasy breath looks up at you, gives a weak smile, sighs, and certain nods, um, looking relieved. I pull out his door chime. Chime for A little tear comes to his eye. Oh, no. (laughs) It looks like a happy tear to see it. And that's what we're going to call today's show. We'll pick up next week and start piecing together the remnants of Coromont's operation out here. Uh, this was a fairly long episode. Thanks everyone for sticking with us. I hope you had fun. I hope you all hate Coromont just a little bit more now. Uh-huh. And we love you all. Stay safe. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.